Welcome back, everyone, to Hello, Ladies, where feminism meets pro wrestling. I am your regular host, Sabrina Hannon, and I have a very special guest today, my friend Andrew. Some may know him as Mr. Suspicious. Welcome aboard. Hi, thank you for having me. And a special guest. Oh, man. Uh, uh, We'll we'll see how that works out. Maybe people will be like, this is the lowest rated show that you have <laughs> you're actually the first dude that's been on the podcast <laughs> you are a very special guest oh i am a very special guest but you know uh we'll see how we'll see how this goes let's hope that uh let's hope it goes well for us yes yes let's hope so um yeah megan was having um some personal things happen so um andrew was very very kind to fill in and yeah, I I've known Andrew now since 2006. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a long that's a long time. Yeah, I've known you for a very long time. And yeah, and <laughs> our our friendship I feel like was cemented. It didn't start with wrestling, but it was definitely cemented. I feel with wrestling, at least for me, because I was like someone else who likes wrestling. Yeah. Oh, joy. It- isn't it weird how much pro wrestling kind of feels like it's just got to be like a secret. It's so hard to not to be like a very open, prominent fan, even in today's day and age mm-hmm. of wrestling. It's just got this weird stigma about it where it's just like a lesser sport or a lesser form of entertainment or something. It's like those are big sweaty men throwing each other around in underwear. That's stupid. And then there's women to do the same thing and they Mm -hmm. can't wrestle together and like all this nonsense like and i'm just like i don't know it's fun it's a fun dumb thing you can turn your brain off with and i enjoy it and i've enjoyed it for many years yeah i i always love the well don't you know it's fake it's like do you do you like movies do you like sitcoms like, like look at marvel movies marvel movies right now are based off of comic books so not only is it a movie, which is all movies are pre-planned, but then movies based uh, on comic books, you already know the script. You yeah. read the comic book, you know what's going to happen. It's just you're paying to see it on the big screen. So who cares? Yeah. Like, who, I don't I don't know why anybody cares. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I just I've I've watched it for years, and even though it's kind of like. Uh, it's a weird, like, I guess, drug in a way where you just, like, I want to quit you so bad, but something keeps dragging me back in. I don't know what it is. My so. therapist told me it was okay for wrestling to be my self-care. So <laughs> it's, it is, uh, it's just a very good form of entertainment for a few hours. Like I, I, I use my, my dad as a kind of like a litmus test for it because I took him to a pro, a pro wrestling live event one time years and years ago and I I really wanted to go and I took him with me because I couldn't find anybody at the time I think this was actually before I had met you wow. that's how long it was so I didn't have anybody and I I was like I'm just so excited I want to go I want to see this but I couldn't find anybody and my dad agreed to take me. He wanted to go. And then I remember distinctly, like an hour and a half into it, 
he just looks at me and he goes, this is so stupid, but I love it. It's great. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what this is supposed to be. It's just supposed to be stupid and great and mm-hmm. goofy. And at the end of the day, it's almost always the payoff is that you get to see the good guy triumph over the bad guy. Like that's the culmination of all wrestling storylines. And I feel like we get invested and we want to see that. And so that's, that's, you don't have to be more complex than that. You know? Yeah. I, I love the idea of your dad at a live event. Cause I've seen him like, I I've been to Andrew's house for, um, uh, pay-per-views premium live events now. Um, and his dad, yeah, quote unquote, (laughs) his, his dad would join us. And yeah, I just remember like eating pizza and your dad just being like, There, it, it's the funniest thing too because there are certain wrestlers that just trigger my my stupid sports response. I call them, you know, the guys that scream at the screen on at a football game. Mm-hmm. My apologies for anybody that does that. I mean, my brother is one of them. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> but they scream at the screen. There are so many times I've done that in wrestling, oh, yeah. where even though I know it's a pre-planned outcome. There's just something that like a switch that goes off and I'll be cheering at something. Uh, Daniel Bryan being a classic case of that with the whole meteoric rise he had back at WrestleMania 30. I think that was um, where well, the, the when he had the uh, the yes, he was inserted into the, the, the main event of WrestleMania and his whole thing that there people were pushing for that. And then he finally won. I was so into it. I was so into it. And it's just so funny because my dad gets really like he finds that both hilarious and I think just endearing in a way and in an <laughs> interesting way. So like it's just part of it. Also, I think it's like a hey, it's a good family bonding thing. You know, like how many times have we watched like, you know, wrestling events together and it's been like you and I will be cheering at something or screaming at something. It's really it's a really good time. My favorite was uh, we went to a live event. I think it was down in Philly. Um, I think it was the one where my getting out of the car, I realized my pants had split at some point. Um, (laughs) Like I remember taking someone's uh, hoodie and tying it around my waist. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But it was during um, John Cena's run as John Cena um, when the crowd was very divided and the let's go Cena was a very female and child crowd. Oh, yes. I remember that distinctly. Yeah. yeah. And I would yell, let's go Cena. The other person with us would yell, uh, Cena sucks. And you were there just yelling, he's okay. <laughs> I want everyone to have a good time. I remember that. Oh, my God. I just wait. Now, by the way, I think, and I, I cannot remember, but I'm almost positive. I mean, I know we've gone to at least one pay per view. We went mm-hmm. to see Money in the Bank together. Uh, that was a while back, but we did go, we did go see that together. But was was it with you that the one Monday Night Raw we went to? It had both the Undertaker and the Rock at it. Was that with you? I think so. Yeah. Where it was like, I think it was at the end of the show, and the Miz did the purposeful like piss everybody off and the crowd thing like so stuck here and that kind of nonsense and then all the lights clicked out and then you hear the bell toll for undertaker and i'm just like oh 
Uh, if that is something, if you have not seen that, if you have not seen that in your life, and I know that's so obviously because he's technically retired now, but it's so rare for him to make that reappearance. But if you ever see it where he potentially is advertised or might show up and you've never seen it, go see it. It's so cool in real life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's got such like a, a, and then the rock came out after him. I remember I have a whole series of photos from that. Oh yeah. It, so I just think it's the funniest thing to go back on every once in a while and just take a, take a peeky peek and relive the nostalgia. Yes. You know, was I with you when, um, it was during some event and Kane's pyro, when it hit the woman, a row in front of us got so scared. She had a full beer and she just went, wow. And <laughs> I think she was two rows in front because it didn't hit us, but it hit the people in front of us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez, you're bringing up these memories, man. I'm. Oh, my God. They're so funny, though. They're just so funny. to. And that, But that's the thing. Again, that's what like, wrestling is all about. Like As long as you have a good crowd and a good mm-hmm. vibe and you just... it. Although I will say one of the weirdest things to get used to for somebody that has might not have seen like a, a wrestling event live is the fact that there's no commentary because yeah. you hear it all the time on TV. So then when you, it's just silence and they're trying to get the emotion out of you just by their action. It's, it's a, an unusual thing. Like you got to give them a lot of credit mm-hmm. for the ability for them to do that, to emote, to get people on the, uh, on their side or against them in some capacity without conveying any words. And even if they do do a promo half the time, you can't hear anything. It sounds like they're, like, yeah. All right. Well, can't hear anything that you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, pretty, pretty much. So, quick question for you, by the <clears> way, <throat> what got you into wrestling? Like, do you remember? Do you have your first memory of wrestling? Uh, I, I do actually. I like how this has been flipped. <laughs> like, I, that's one of the questions <laughs> I was going to be asking you. So, I guess oh, okay. I'll go first, Sorry. and then you answer. But, um, so. The first time I saw wrestling, I did not, I wasn't into it um, because it was, uh, I was visiting my grandmother in uh, the nursing home and I don't know, I was like 10, maybe 11. And, you know, when you're starting to be like a smug little asshole, that's about that age. And there was, she had WCW playing and I just remember Disco Inferno. It was a Disco Inferno oh, match that I saw. God. And I was just like, what is this? Like this, it was like all the bad things that I thought about wrestling all rolled into one Disco Inferno. And I was like, yeah, no, this is garbage. So a few months later, a friend of mine, because he used to call people and watch things with them, like on the phone. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if people do that now um, or kids do that now. Probably well, now not. They have the, now they have the watch party. Now oh, they have the true. thing where, yeah, you can like, on Amazon and watch on video and you guys get to see each other's reaction. Yes. Yes. Back back in the 90s, we didn't have that. <laughs> uh, so get off the I want to use the internet. Get off the phone. You know, that kind of nonsense. Good times. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um we didn't we didn't even have the internet yet. We 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 were an early adopter in my household, but my I'm God, not like, the rudimentary concept of internet was <laughs> yeah so yeah me, you weren't missing out on mine no um so 
my friend asked me if I wanted to tune in to make fun of wrestling. And I was like, sure. And it was, I'll never forget tuning in. It was Big Show, Shane McMahon, Triple H, and Stephanie in the ring. And I had said to my friend, like, who who is that? Like, who's the girl? And, he, and she goes, I think that's one of Godfather's hoes. And I was like, she's she's not really dressed like a hoe. I don't, because that was not Stephanie's vibe at that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know what it was. Like, it was during a promo, and that's what hooked me. And then later that night, China um, and separately the Hardy Boys came out, and I was hooked. God. Like, oh right God. into my veins, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. you've, been a, you've been a fan of the Hardys since, like, forever day one ish uh, it, it, yes honestly i uh it, it since uh you know the original original hardy boy days then mad hardy v1 and then all that good stuff you know they're unfortunately in a little bit of a rougher spot nowadays but uh yeah let's let's rebby harvey's rebby hardy's picking up the slack oh my goodness that woman i feel is, is somebody that needs to be a little bit more judicious with her tweets sometimes, because my goodness, it feels like she'll go off on somebody. And you're like, oh, oh, just I get it. You're very passionate right now. Just dial it back a little bit. You're just digging a hole deeper for everybody, including yourself. <laughs> so I get a little bit like nervous for her because I'm thinking like, oh, boy, somebody might be re- like reaching out to you and say that was a bad idea for you to do that <laughs> at some point, you know? Yeah, I, I love how much she does it. <laughs> She really does not. She just like, but it's awesome. Like she's, she's very passionate about her family and Mm -hmm. and Matt and she's very, she, she will defend them to the death and uh, more power to her for doing so. I'm just so worried sometimes because I don't want her to get herself like blacklisted or something where they're just like, all right, well, she's just now dug herself so deep. We can't, we're not going to talk to her. Like we're not even going to bother with her. You know what I mean? I mean, she's been uh, told that before, but I mean, yeah, it you know, she just does not does not care, man. Yep. She just does not care. But hey, good for her. Yeah. You know? Now, uh, Jeff Hardy needs somebody like that in his life, like just you know, straighten his ass out. Mm-hmm. My God. Well, you know how Matt Hardy stopped using drugs, right? You know that story. No, I don't actually. I don't think I do. Rebby Hardy called the cops on him, like. She was like, we're done with this. And she called the police. And he wow. said that was the moment that he was like, okay, I'm wow. done. Like he huh. attributes that to being the moment that he was like, I was pissed, obviously, but that's what made me go get help. I mean, sometimes when it comes to things like that, particularly if it's like drug use or even sometimes it's uh, when it comes to like mental health of any of any kind, sometimes an intervention that you have no control over actually is the wake up call that you need to get mm-hmm. yourself straight. You know, sometimes people don't get the help they need because they think they don't have a problem. So I'm sure in a, in a weird way, maybe not as maybe not so weird, but in a weird way, he, he was very appreciative of what she did, you know, but at the time, obviously not so much. Yeah, not so much, not so much. Yeah. So, but anyway, sorry to mean to do tangential uh, Hardy Boys discussion. But, I mean, um... I will always jump down the Hardy Boys <laughs> rabbit hole. Like, doesn't matter what I'm doing, I have time. The, the, the Hardy Boys lore. They're going to put out a tome soon enough from like WWE or AEW or whatever, and say like, learn all about the, the Hardy Boys history. It's a leather bound book. 
yeah, they do have a book out. I read it forever ago, um, but that they that they wrote, I'm sure with the help of a ghostwriter. Um, but yeah, that's probably 15 years old at least. Uh, long long time ago. But <laughs> so, what got you into wrestling? Uh, mine was um. I don't know if I would say less eventful, but slightly uh, less memorable, I suppose. But um, I had a I had a friend of mine, Mitch, at the time. I'm still friends with him, but I not nearly as close as I was. I used to hang out with him all the time, like every day. And he used to be really into wrestling. And that was in my video game era, somewhere around the same age that you had mentioned. Um, around like, you know, the 11, 12-ish and what ended up happening was uh, <clears throat> they uh, he pointed out that they had video games related to wrestling and he would put it on a lot of the time in the background and I would like watch with him because, you know, he's my friend. I just wanted to check it out and see what it was like. And then he got the, he got one of the games one time and I can't remember which one it, it might have. I think it might have been at least the one I remember the most is uh, Smackdown. Um it was just called SmackDown. It was like a PS1 game. And okay. yeah, they had creative wrestlers and everything. And you can you can be like have the storylines and play as like tag teams to win you have this meteoric rise and everything. And then the thing was I wanted to attach more and more of the names I was seeing in the wrestling uh on this game to what I would see uh on TV. So I wanted to get this connection and Ever since then, I have watched wrestling. It's just been like the 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 weird little like like I I remember I was obsessed with Too Cool. That was oh, my yeah. tag team. Too Cool was like I thought their antics were the funniest, goofiest thing in the world. I remember like one of my favorite memories is the uh, the outfits they used to wear. Remember the 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 full white outfit with the black squiggles all over. And then um, Scotty Juhati used to wear the bucket hats that had his hair sticking mm -hmm. out of the top and everything. I loved it. I thought that was the coolest, dumbest thing. And actually, I find myself in general, find I, I, I love wrestlers like that. I love wrestlers that are unabashedly dumb, but also very talented. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that the modern day classic example of that is Orange Cassidy. Who is one of my favorite wrestlers right now? Sam. I like <laughs> the the fact that the man has not worn out the shtick of the lazy wrestler at all to me is a marvel. And on top of that, another it, it, it makes some really compelling stuff. Like there was a I remember they had a they had a match with uh with Pac. Oh yeah uh, on AEW and it, it was great. Like I remember they that he, you know, everybody expected that Orange Cassidy was gonna be steamrolled, but he really busted out some talented stuff. And another classic example of of dumb wrestling, but can be really compelling with storylines is uh the James Ellsworth versus AJ Styles title match mm -hmm. on Raw, where he did the the no chin music to to AJ Styles. And then pinned him, and Dean Ambrose is losing his shit at ringside. He's jumping around, and I was 
I remember watching it here and that, that didn't happen too, too long ago. No, I mean, like a few years ago, like five years. Yeah, that's not too long, you know, in the concept of wrestling world. But yeah, I remember when that happened and it was a near fall. I was. Oh, my God. I was yelling at my screen. I'm like, I'm like, clap my hands. I was so upset. It didn't happen. I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. But if you have that like tiny little sliver, a tiny little sliver of hope. That that's what makes it super fun, because wrestling's done crazy things before. So oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like everyone's, you know. And I, 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 how many times? Here's an interesting speculative question: How many times do you think that they had a planned out outcome, right? And they messed it up. Oh yeah. Like where where they have a pin, and then like the ref maybe counts too fast, or. They like it. I don't know. Maybe because of a technicality, they get disqualified or something like that, and they end up having to flip the script immediately on TV while mm-hmm. everybody's watching. I I'm just curious how like the percentage of times that has happened. Yeah, or like someone gets injured, so they have to call an audible. Or oh yeah, yeah, I, and then like go ahead. The, the most famous, uh, possibly the most famous, um instant of having to like change something is the Royal Rumble match where I think it was Batista and Cena who both their feet hit the floor at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I then remember that. Vince McMahon came out and tore both of his quads in the ring. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> that's what people remember. Just yelling at <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was an unfortunate thing. I I, I will say the Royal Rumble I feel like that's got to be one hell of a match to have to coordinate all the time. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, speaking of just the most recent one, I mean, think about, think about Gunther, who I don't like his name change, by the way. I still don't. I know that it's a thing, but come on, man, it's Walter. It was Walter. (laughs) But anyway, they, uh, I mean, he he has, I think he has the record now, right? For the longest entrant and that's just got to be a lot a lot to to really to, to to remember even listen i can't remember to bring my coffee cup with me to work sometimes and i got mm-hmm. got it ready five minutes before i walked out the door mm-hmm. for him to remember major spots while doing physical activity for over an hour where a lot of people just get gassed instantly mm-hmm. i mean not only is it physically taxing but also i'd imagine mentally taxing to do something like that you know yeah and i mean you always there like this year um i mean kofi got injured his spot didn't go the way it was supposed to go so who knows like what was supposed to happen with that and immediately again you're just like gotta do something Mm. yeah Yeah. it's like they gotta fill in the gaps at some point although i do find it funny how often you'll look at people like I love the, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like wrestling plot armor, where sometimes wrestlers shrug off a a massive hit or something because they have to hit a specific spot, or a punch will incapacitate them for 20 minutes because they're not involved in any of the spots oh, that yeah. are in the Royal Rumble right now. So they're just laying on the apron for a while. They're taking a nap. That's where I feel like Orange Cassidy would flourish in the Royal Rumble because oh, yeah. he would just be able to lay down at some point and just 
but it'd be so funny. I just have this like image in my head where they had they, they they like zoom in on him and he has still has his sunglasses on or something, and then like the announcers are saying, like, sleep. It's yeah. like slowly zooming in on him. <laughs> or him just like rolling across the whole <laughs> ring. I could see him doing that as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I just found this. It was when he was on the indies and Gigi Dolan as well, but they have a match where uh they dress as each other and wrestle each other oh i uh i think i saw something like this oh, i remember it... seeing something about that where it was like somebody dressed as orange cassidy and i was just like this is entertaining this is interesting yeah it's uh Gigi dolan of now nxt fame but i priscilla kelly i think was what her name was on the indies and yeah <laughs> And Thank I've always I've been saying for a long time now that like I don't know why like there's not more stuff with like especially RuPaul's Drag Race and wrestling because they are essentially the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I I appreciate you know for as much as we were saying earlier that the concept of wrestling is very much almost like a closeted a closeted fandom in some mm-hmm. capacity. It has a lot of crossover appeal, and I feel like even as wrestling fans, a lot of the times we think that we're in this very niche thing, but there is a lot of people that like wrestling, and I, I just don't think they're very loud and proud about it. An example would be the, the just this past week, the Super Bowl, the first photo of, uh, of their quarterback was uh, with the trophy as well as the WWE title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, it, who's going to say no to a like a WWE title belt or an AEW title belt of some sort? You know, it's just it's something even though it's a or Bad Bunny when he was yeah. wrestling and had an unusual neck. Logan Paul, who, yeah. <laughs> how like the guy is a dick and mm-hmm. I get it. I totally understand. He's matured a lot in his older age than it, what it used to be, but he's still eh. very touch and, it, and go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it, like, he'll, he'll build up a, this credit. It'll be, he'll be doing much better. And I'll think to myself, well, cool. He's matured a little bit. Good for him. And then all of a sudden he'll say something. I'm like, just kidding. I'm going to take that back. I <laughs> totally, my fandom is now reduced, but the dude has like a weird neck. He's, he's just a natural talent. Mm-hmm. in the ring for whatever reason and it's just like that kind of crossover brings eyes that you would never think mm-hmm. that would be into wrestling uh, over to wrestling and while we as fans might think it's silly like you don't know you don't know what those storylines are like you don't know what they- <laughs> you don't understand the intricacies of this whole storyline Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and all that you know like who- come on more fandom is is always better. Yeah. That's that's something like uh with not to make a kind of obscure comparison, but I perform classical music. Oh no. We have a we have a meeting time morning. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um I I play classical music. It's actually a very weirdly fiercely competitive field. You would not think it would be because, I mean, how many fans do they realistically have nowadays? But it is still weirdly, fiercely competitive. And 
in a, in a similar sense of the fandom, there are some people that are what we call classical music purists, where they think to themselves, you always have to be playing the the greatest of Tchaikovsky and Shostakovich and Mozart, and it has to be pure, and it has to be this stuff from the 1800s and prior. And they shun things like, uh, like movie soundtracks, mm. for example. John Williams, in my opinion, arguably is one of the greatest composers of all time. And I mean that in the sense of like comparing him to Mozart and stuff like that. Because he has created stuff that is so memorable, there are generations that know this song. Like you, th- you sing like three notes of almost any one of John Williams' songs, and you know what it is. So to knock that, to knock the validity of that, drives me crazy. Because I'm thinking, dude, you're just bringing more people into the fandom. You're bringing more people to come listen to classical music. Maybe they like that, and you're like, oh. I could find other things I like about this. Same thing with wrestling. Yeah. They bring the bring bad bunnies fans in. They might not know anything about wrestling, but now all of a sudden they're like, oh, maybe I'll find other things I like, you know? Yeah. So. And I mean, Bad Bunny was really good. Like that's yeah. the thing. The people <laughs> the people they've been bringing in have been good. Yeah. So like, and surprisingly so. Like mm-hmm. I I don't I I mean I've seen in the past like uh you know, I think Stephen Amell had done done uh, a yeah. thing with uh, with oh, Stardust, yeah. and I found his you know he was he was fine, but I feel like it always falls into a lot of the times people get nerves, especially when it's something big like a WrestleMania match or at a pay per view or something. Live performance is much different than acting or even or different types of performances, you know. And so his uh, his uh, wrestling was a little stiff. A little stiff for my taste, in my opinion. But like the thing, the thing is, it's like it seems like they just keep finding more people that just get better, that they're just they're they're getting better and they just slot right in. They're like, oh, all right, ready to have this WrestleMania match. You're like, wow, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and completely shrug off. All right, good for you, dude. I kind of wonder if like the performance center plays a role in that because now there's a place that they can go and like train with some of the best trainers and just like and I kind of wonder if that plays into it because I know Logan Paul is supposed to have spent like just a lot of time there and I'm I don't know I mean probably I mean I would wildly speculate that the performance center has had a very strong influence on today's era of wrestling in general because I mean People that have not wrestled in a long time, they get the opportunity to take off the ring rust. People that are coming from different sports, for example, like football players or whatever, they get the opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, how does my ability translate into this new sport? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I feel like overall the Performance Center has also gotten better over time. Especially with Triple H at the helm, oh, I kind yeah. of feel like that's his that's his baby, you know. Like he, mm-hmm. I feel like he had a strong hand in making sure that that came to fruition, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, I I really think it's smart that they also teach them all about like the camera angles and things like that, and like because you might have been a wrestler for fifteen years on the indies, you've never had to worry about like 
where these cameras are and how to play to them. Yeah. You've just been playing to like the audience. Well, now your audience is, you know, a million times bigger. So, yeah. Um, the, the, uh, as a, as a side note to that and related to that about uh, performance, one thing I will say that I do miss about uh, previous wrestling were the camera flashes. Remember the camera flashes when big moves would happen? Like there'd be like, I don't know, like did Undertaker doing a tombstone or something? And it would like pan out and pull the camera out, showing this oh. like move or something. And you just see like, like all the flashes. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. In the background. And it would From just be like cameras. this cool. Yes. It'd be like the cool, or like a, a, a Royal Rumble entrant would mm -hmm. show up and the place would be going nuts. Like, and it'd be flashes everywhere. And, and now everybody's got their cell phones and it's much less cool. And they, they, I think they figured out uh, a couple of workarounds with that. I remember they had, what is it, a couple of years ago, they had like the wristband things that were like part of uh, the wrestlers' entrances. Do you remember that? Oh. Uh... They, one of the WrestleManias, I believe, a few mm. years ago, they gave everybody wristbands and the wristbands were synced to the, the environment around them. And so when they had the entrances going off, their wristbands would glow and flash and change to match the entrances. And I thought that was a really cool idea. That's a neat workaround. That is. But, but expensive you know, workaround. <laughs> I, very much so. I mean, but they always they always go all out with WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. You know, the amount which, of money they make. That's a bucket list thing for me. I have never been to a WrestleMania and Damn. that kills me. I'm going to be in Philly next clothes. year. I want to go. So you want to go? Can we go, yeah. please? Yeah. I really, really, really want to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, oh, man. My friend Bartle has said that, like, he will room, like, because he has a house. So uh, don't have to worry about a hotel. Oh, that would be so nice. That would be, although I will say, and I don't think this, I, I don't think it'll, it's going to happen, but it will break my heart is one, there's, Two things I always wanted at a WrestleMania. One was just to attend WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. The other one was to see a Jericho countdown at a WrestleMania because of all the I love I love Jericho in general. I love the fact that he has reinvented himself so many different times and remained relevant for as long as he's as he had. That is a, he is a creative genius when it comes to wrestling in my opinion because of yeah. just how his longevity is insane. But I will never be not hyped <laughs> for a Jericho countdown mm -hmm. because I, I remember they had a couple of years ago, they did something with the New Day and that was back during their heel era or their goofy heel era where they had the unicorn horns. Oh, yeah. And they were doing something. They had like some sort of surprise or something like that. And they did a countdown. And I remember watching it, it was just so innocuous on, on Monday Night Raw and they counted down from 10 and they got to five and then the five turned into the Jericho five. And then that, that, you know, the countdown sound, I don't even know how to describe that sound, but the moment that I was losing it, Sabrina, I can't even tell you how much I was cheering at my house and I felt like an idiot. And then like, I was just so hyped to see Jericho. I just, I don't know what it is. Like his light bright jacket, like, come oh, on, yeah. who could not love a light bright jacket? <laughs> that thing is amazing. I love that it. That is an amazing thing. 
Anyway, I did not mean to make this an entire nostalgia podcast, but oh, that's fine. People love nostalgia. I love it too. So <laughs> that's, that's that's where that's where we've gone with this one. But my God, yeah, Jericho's Jericho's a goat, man. He, are, are, I feel like he's in the discussion, genuinely, like uh, of being one of the greatest of all time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just because again, his longevity, his ability to reinvent himself his talent as a wrestler like not only does he have interesting characters but he's really good at wrestling like he's just really mm-hmm. good at it even at he's like 50 now is he 50 i think 49, so 50 somewhere on that some there and about so um yeah jericho's actually one of the wrestlers i always associate with you because we always that was I think he was someone we both had very much so in common that we really enjoyed. Um, and I just remember specifically his list era, oh, like list era, <laughs> like just constantly, you know, saying his catchphrases and, you know, whatever one of us did, it was like, you've just made the list. <laughs> the, the, I have a grocery list in my kitchen that uh, I, I it's just like a dry erase board. But at the top of said dry race board, I have written and have never erased. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> so I could dramatically mm-hmm. write on it. Man, I still have the shirt from that, from, from, from that way. You just said, like, you just made the list. That was one of the funniest storylines to me with the, the list storyline. And then the, the betrayal uh, with Festival Kevin Owens. And if they, oh, my God. That was... It was masterful storytelling, in my opinion. And I, mm-hmm. we, it's one of those things where you could see it coming. There's a lot of wrestling storylines. You can see it coming. But just seeing the payoff to actually confirm something that you think is going to happen or it feels like it's going to happen. Sometimes it's just really satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's just something you really want to have happen. And man, that was I didn't want the betrayal to happen, but like the comeuppance and everything just satisfying you know which by the way thinking of jericho being a goat um so i have two questions for you i'm sorry i keep like this i know this (laughs) is your podcast but i'm like podcasting and interviewing you i just i don't think we've ever had like this deep background discussion about things like most of the time we're just watching wrestling when we're watching wrestling (laughs) Mm -hmm. and talking about like currently what's going on Yes, which we, we will get to. I promise. Yeah. I promise. But my question for you is who is one of like your guilty pleasure wrestlers? Do you have a do you have a guilty pleasure wrestler where you want or it's just like I shouldn't like this person. I don't think I should like this person, but I do. And it's it's kind of goofy, but I, I really enjoy them. So there's two different ways that that can go. Like someone who's like a shit person that like you don't want to like like their stuff, but right. you do, like a Logan Paul esque type yes, thing. Yes, I can um, understand that. But I think what you're you're talking about is like just a character that is just like, oh my god. Yeah, where it's like, okay, all right, that was uh, like a, a, another example for me would be Stardust. Oh yeah. A lot of people didn't like Stardust because they're just like, well, this is weird, androgynous, goofy, off the wall stuff. I loved him. Mm-hmm. I have two pairs of his gloves 
still hanging in my room, a gold pair and a purple pair. Purple's also my favorite color, so I'm super happy about that. His music was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was the one of the last Jim Johnston comp- compositions before they stood, started doing all the CFOS nonsense and in-house, unmemorable, generic wrestler number two entrance music that they do nowadays. But that was one of Jim Johnston's last compositions. An amazing thing. If you've never listened to it. And I... I know it was oh, like uh, it was supposed to be for a storyline thing and everything. A part of me was just like, dude, I kind of just wish this was a thing. I just wish he was Stardust. <laughs> I also love Stardust. I have a Stardust shirt and I have a picture of me wearing said shirt with Cody Rhodes, <laughs> which like knowing now how much he hated that character. He's probably like, thanks so much for the support. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I feel bad liking it because it's like I he. They they made it go on for so long. I think he, I I remember him saying something like he was fine with the concept of it for a storyline progression, but then they just kept him as Stardust and he didn't want to be Stardust anymore. Yeah, like to progress the storyline, sure, a couple weeks, maybe like a month or two, fine, but to keep him like that for he was he was Stardust for a while. Yeah, over a year, right? Yeah, 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 and he had a couple different iterations. Like he used to have a full bodysuit like Goldust, and then they they removed the sleeves at one point, and mm-hmm. like they 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 kept switching it up a little bit. But yeah, they they kept him Stardust, and I th- it, it it's almost like they never thought he would amount to more than that. And all of a sudden, it, it, like now he's in you know main event of WrestleMania. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're going to go back to before I forget other things, because people have I have done this so many times in the podcast where I've mentioned something and then we don't get to it. And they're just like, man, (laughs) I'm sorry. The audience does not sound like that, but but maybe they do. There could be someone out there. I would just like to let you know I'm very disappointed. You did not get over. Anyway, um, who would be in like your top five? wrestlers of all time like yours personally it doesn't have to be like oh you know just because they're great like you know they've been talked about for so long but who like clicks into that for you china obviously she will always she's never being knocked down from my number one spot okay um, makes sense yeah um oh uh i didn't mean to put you on a spot i know well so I'm going to make Matt and Jeff Hardy one person and say them because like Jat, Jat Hardy, <laughs> Jat Hardy is <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, so when they were a tag team and did individual things, I liked that whenever they would split them up, I was just like, hate this. Everything sucks. The world is awful. <laughs> Jeff Hardy had a really good t- good run though when he was a solo competitor in the WWE and then he had that that his his meteoric rise and remember I, he had like he got the I championship agree. and then he had to give it up at one point yeah. I think he's like oh I have to go away but I I'll be back someday or something like that and, but that was I mean that was pretty entertaining can't argue that it was but because they weren't together it just makes me sad <laughs> It's just me. It's just who I am. Like V V one. I love the math facts. Come on. I love the math facts, especially (laughs) since he does updates on them now on like (laughs) or um not YouTube on our uh, um TikTok. But 
Um, so yes. Um Triple H, definitely. Um, I was I was never a big rock stone cold fan. I loved Triple H. Um Jericho's probably on that list yeah. as well. Yeah. Um and then I would say See, it's hard when you get down to the last one. Yeah, it's like because there's so many people that could like vie for that spot. You know, yeah. I I feel bad like for excluding anybody from something like that because there are so many talented wrestlers. And there's so many people right now that are active that I think could make that list. <laughs> list. Um, <laughs> Jericho made the list. That's great. Yeah, Jer- Jericho did make the list. Um, <laughs> but like I think uh, my name on this list. <laughs> like your Becky Lynch's or Bianca Belair's um, Orange Cassidy's like I'm leaving my fifth spot open because it's going to be someone who is currently wrestling that uh, you know will slide in there at the end of their career okay I get that (laughs) I totally understand that yeah how about you oh man Um, that that's that's always a tough question I mean I feel uh, again I feel like my number one, if I had to choose again, overall overarching, uh, you know, talent, uh, inventiveness of character presence, it's probably going to be Jericho for my number one. I know that might not be everyone's favorite there. Cause people always argue like Shawn Michaels might've been better and everything. And sometimes I feel like in instances like that, the concept of nostalgia really pl- plays hard. I'm not saying that Shawn Michaels was not a fantastic wrestler. He really was. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I mean, hell, he could probably go now and still out wrestle half of the people that are like on the indies and stuff like that. And like, not even blink. And he hasn't been in re- like, like a ring shape in forever, but like, I don't know something about Jericho. And I think a part of that connects with me personally, because of just how much I, I liked him when I was growing up watching him. And just seeing his evolution was uh, just something to behold and kind of crazy, just like an earmark of my life in a way. Um, I would say, arguably, the um, the number two spot would probably be Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. He's got to be one of the best technical wrestlers of all time, mm-hmm. um, if not the best. He, he, the, the guy's just got a talent for it. and he's such a the thing i love about him too is in his personal life he's he's a weirdo he's just odd and he does weird stuff just to kind of like mess with people and i do that stuff all the time to people <laughs> i just say funny things or goofy things pun humor is like part of my whole shtick all the time you know like if i don't do a pun, if i don't give a joke of a pun once per hour then it'll have been an entire hour. I did not make a pun joke. So that's the thing. I got to do that every hour on the hour to make sure I get an hourly pun joke in. Uh, but um, trying to think around the Triple H, Rock, Stone Cold era of wrestling, um, I would say, believe it or not, I, Kurt Angle, I think, is in that list for me. He's yeah. really, really good. Um, he, he's just a sexy I, Kurt. <laughs> he, 
he had some of the best comedic chops of any wrestler ever mm-hmm. for me. And I, you would never think that because he played it so straight laced when he first came, he was so serious of a competitor. And then when they started doing the goofy thing, like when they had to shave his head and he was wearing the wig and he was wearing the head brace and all that stuff to try mm-hmm. to keep the wig on or like the little mini cowboy hat, the milk truck, all these classic, hilarious, memorable things that happened with him. I just think and he he's an amazing athlete. I mean, maybe not nowadays. Poor guy. He's beaten his body to like dust yeah. inside of a meat sack. But. You know, it's it, it. He's still just even even like his presence in WWE as a character. Mm-hmm. He's still a one of the greatest. He's not afraid to be goofy. He's not afraid to do goofy things. I love that he embraced the the you suck uh, parts of his music and everything. Like, oh man, and his it, it, that was. Uh, it was another one for me is his music was like one of the most hype songs for me. You'd mm-hmm. hear those little trumpets and he'd be like, yep. Yeah, that's uh so he he's in that, he's in that mix for me. Uh, the re- undertaker, by the way, is number four for me, uh, I would say, but sorry, didn't mean to. Do you remember when Kurt Angle and triple H were feuding one of my favorite feuds um like their storylines were always great there were so many times like there there was a segment of time that triple h was always pulling kurt angles like singlet down and slapping his ass i do remember that i do like it happened at least three times i know yes not always on pay-per-view either and just like yep (laughs) yep that was uh you're like that's a that's a thing that's a thing that happened. Um, so it, it's I feel like a lot of the times they did when they did wrestling storylines like that, they would sometimes just mess with people. Um, now hold on one second. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they would. Uh, I feel like a lot of wrestlers would just mess with each other just to see if they can get away with it and still have it make sense in the st- the concept of the storyline um and then uh so undertaker i highly respect uh just because of his commitment to that role his at- his atmosphere i feel is unmatched as far as wrestlers go he just has this this air about him i mean he was even in a super bowl commercial yeah this past weekend and it was still I, I I got super excited because I was just happy to see The Undertaker. I will always be happy to see The Undertaker. And I feel like if you're a wrestling fan, you will be happy to see The Undertaker for like just his one off appearance once every year or something. Mm-hmm. And, have, have you seen his Hot Ones episode? Uh, no, I did not, which which actually is on my my watch later list. And I never went back to but I I meant to. Was it a good episode? I mean, he hangs in there like Undertaker, like Mark Calloway is not the best interview. Yeah. But um, the guy uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who does hot ones is such a good interviewer. He could pull a good interview out of the wall. So yeah. 
Yes. Um, yeah, it, it goes better than basically any other interview I've seen that man do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely on the list for me. And the fact that, I mean, I appreciate now that he's able to, he's retired, he's able to kind of open up and, you know, talk about wrestling the way that he wants to or his experiences with that. But the fact that he was committed for such a long time to that character and just basically never broke it until he retired was really something. It's yeah. that's one of my favorite things about him. And so it, it, it uh, I'm just super happy that a character like that was kind of untainted over the course of years. And uh, even, the, uh, even though a lot of people argue that his last few matches were like ho-hum, which I totally get. I, I, you know, he, he couldn't go anymore, but the guy had like what a, a hip replacement, both knees replaced. And before the age of like 40 or something, I the think, guy, I think he wound up having, so once he got, I think it was both hips replaced. Once that happened, he moved a lot better. Yeah. But like, I think from the waist down, he's just new parts. Yeah. It's he's like part cyborg now. Yeah. It's like the cyber undertaker or something is going to be his return. That would uh, be so scary. <laughs> The fifth one for me is Rob Van Dam. I was waiting uh, for that one. <laughs> I've got to, I got to put Rob Van Dam on there because he is uh, actually thinking back on it with uh, when I first got involved. I remember once I started getting in more and more interested in the WWE. Um, I, I also asked my friend Mitch if there was any other wrestling promotions other than WCW, like, has he ever seen anything or gone to shows or whatever? And he pointed out ECW and that was when they were, they were doing insane shit, you mm -hmm. know, jumping off of things, smashing into each other. They're like, well, hitting my head with concrete might not have made me think so good now. You know, that's their, their mindset, but and that's I, their motto. That, that was their motto. <laughs> <laughs> then they shortened it, you know, after a while. It didn't roll off the tongue so well. It was just, but, ouch. <laughs> but Rob Van Dam is has got to be one of the craziest wrestlers in my experience, just from his, his overall strength to uh, flippy shit ratio is pretty pretty un unmatched. I would mm -hmm. say Jeff Hardy is in that, that mix there as well, but, I mean, they have... They have an actual professional Olympic lift named after Van Dam. Yeah. Called the Van Dam lift, uh, uh, which where you do a split between two chairs or benches or whatever. And then you lift a weight that's below you up to chest level and hold it there. And uh, they time you for how long you can hold it. I think I remember asking you because we were watching him do that. And I was like, how does he just not blow his nuts out? Like, <laughs> how do they just not fall off his body? <laughs> Well, at that point, I kind of feel like the pressure is going to be on your legs and not so much like <laughs> imagine, imagine Olympic lifters. <laughs> just imagine this disaster happening. They're just trying to lift a heavy weight. And you're like, you're doing an announcement. And you're just like, oh, I think he blew his nuts out. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's enough hanging out his nose. Over there. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I mean, the guy always wore a singlet probably a lot of things being tucked in there and sucked in and the dude's also like i think it's funny too because he still wrestles still wrestles on yep. the indies and stuff like that you i i know a lot of people like his his uh his the, the whole the whole fucking show uh 
song, his intro, his intro, which is also his intro for his podcast, I believe. But man, that one of a kind song that the mm-hmm. WWE gives him when that when that initial guitar sting hits, and I've heard him like do that for for like Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. Oh boy, that one gets me hyped, baby. That one is a a hype maker for me, and so I'm always at like. I was really happy with the the invasion era when they had ECW wrestlers and they were like usurping the the WWE wrestlers and Van Dam was a champion at one point and they wrestled in the the one ballroom I can't remember the name of the place but uh, it was York? against John Cena yeah, yeah I think it was yeah against John Cena this was a long time ago but I mean he was in his physical prime he looked great people were all behind him it it, it just felt like the 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 factor that the, the interesting it factor for me was that it felt like the WWE had to try to compete with this indie wrestler. And I loved that about him. And he's, he's never really shaken that indie wrestler persona, no. so to speak. So I think that that's why I, I still, he's still in my top five of all time because I mean, who doesn't love Rob Van Dam, baby? You yeah. Point. He he also is one of the ones that um I think he was the only one that like naturally became a baby face with the invasion like you can't help but love him. Oh yeah, cuz he does all the flippy shit, man. And yeah. he does he's very flexible and he's very like I just love that he he did such crazy things like the the Van Van Terminator, the Van Daminator and People were just like, "Whoa, I want to cheer for that!" And yeah, you do. You want to. You want mm-hmm. to cheer for. As a side note, by the way, Sabrina bought me a Rob Van Dam shirt years ago. Yes. And I still have it, and I still wear it all the time when I go to the gym. <laughs> it's like quality my... material. It really, it, it is actually a really high quality shirt. Like I, I'm thinking to myself every time. I'm getting old now, so my uh, memory lapses, and so I always forget that I ask myself this, but I'm like, how is this shirt again? What the hell did I get this thing? And I look at it, and I'm just thinking, it should have been worn out years ago, and it's not. It's still... (laughs) Yeah, it was probably sophomore or junior year of college for me, so 2008, I I feel uh... comfortable saying. Holy crap, that's a long time for a shirt. Mm -hmm. I I guess it's also... Thinking of uh, officially licensed WWE shirts, I suppose they're made of that material for the same kind of longevity concepts. But uh, dear God, WWE, we need please, we need to have a discussion. You need to not make your shirts out of sheetrock. You need to make them more comfortable than wearing baking sheets on your body. Like this thing, they are the most uncomfortable shirts I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> The men's shirts are, if you get the women's cut, they're nicer, but they fall, like, I have so many um, shirts, like, I have the Becky Lynch goat one, where um, she looks satanic, and I love wearing it when I'm traveling, because people leave me alone, and that's what I'm going for. Um, I like that. I like that. Yeah. But there's a hole in it, like, and I'm not doing anything crazy, I'm just honestly usually traveling in it so unless like tsa is getting crazy with me and i don't see it um there's no reason for there to be a hole in that shirt and it makes me so sad they i i will agree with you with the the men's shirts uh then in that case because my god those i have 
Um, I can't, I can't remember the last WWE shirt that I got. It might have been a James Ellsworth shirt. <laughs> the one where he had that face where he's like doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that shirt because uh, I thought it was so funny. And uh, but I, I sometimes wear it to the gym. And I regret it every single time. Because I, 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 it's not even that. It just, it feels like it's uh, sucking the oxygen away from my body. Oh. Uh, where, to the point where I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be doing a brisk walk on the treadmill and I'll be breathing like a wounded rhino. And I'm just like, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hot in here. Big fans, I don't get it. And it's the shirt. It's always the shirt. It's just so stifling. So WWE, please. I don't know. Just there's lots of soft shirts out there that will last a long time. I guarantee you. Please stop going to the provider that you currently <laughs> use and trying to kill your people that buy merchandise. We'll Have buy you- more of it if it's more comfortable. My God. I've definitely done the thing where I'm wearing, like, again, like working out or something, and I'm wearing a WWE shirt, like one of the men's or unisex ones. And, like, I'll be like sweating and I'll go like, go like this, like where I wipe my face. And I'm just like, ow, ow. And then I, I realized I, I now have a sandpaper brush mark on my head and it's just, it's bleeding profusely. And now I need to go to the first aid portion of the gym. And, and it's awful because, like, as soon as you do that, I know I've exfoliated my face because now my face is burning from the sweat. And I'm like, this is everything worse. It's just such a bad idea. I don't know why I did this to myself. I now keep my wrestling shirts in like two separate drawers, like away from clothing that I wear. Now, now I'm just imagining like you're trying to like look through your WWE shirts and you're pulling them out. And you're just like, nope, not this one. Nope, not that one either. <laughs> That has happened. So so abrasive. They're sticking to each other like Velcro. The trick is to put an AEW shirt in between them. <laughs> Which uh, that I I have uh, I have a CM Punk uh, AEW shirt as well as a Orange Cassidy AEW shirt, and they are both significantly more comfortable than anything from the WWE shop. So WWE, thank you, Colt Cabana. You, you know, like I swear to God, I, I just touch base with them. May, uh, say like you know, you guys might be competing with one another be like listen I know that you're trying to take some of our audience but you have really nice shirts where do we get them from Colt Cabana that's <laughs> yeah, where Colt, Colt Cabana you gotta you gotta get your ass over to WWE start start talking to their merchandise people you like feel this shirt <laughs> feel this one see this one that's uh maintaining its shape even though I'm holding the one shoulder that shouldn't happen. So let's let's try to figure out how to make that not happen. You know what it probably is? Vince McMahon's from an era where they would like starch everything. And I think he's like, I want material that you don't have to starch. It's just like that. Not no no wrinkle t-shirts, please. We know that we know the people that, that, that buy their shirts don't have irons at home. So we just want to make sure that they just remain remain completely flat all the time. To be uh-huh. fair, I don't think those shirts do wrinkle. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I legitimately was just thinking that. I'm like, wow, did I ever have to iron my Ellsworth shirt? I don't, think I, I don't think I ever had to iron that shirt. And that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty they, sure uh, I just like unfurl them from the drawer and they're fine and good to go. So. Oh, my God. Um, As a side note with, uh, with Vince McMahon, since you brought him up, 
How do you like his ballsy return to the uh, the company? Oh, I saw that eye twitch. I saw that eye twitch. <laughs> oh, she's just going to drink the tea. Spill that tea. No. <laughs> um, Vince McMahon is a disgusting excuse for a human being. And so he's saying that he's coming back, or at least that's what people are saying. He's coming back so he can help, you know, sell the company. But there's so much shit attached to that man. Companies like Disney, who are rumored to be interested, they're not going to want to deal with that. Like, they don't want that on their squeaky clean image. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. No, so I, I, He should just sell the company to Triple H and we can all move on. That would be uh, that would be nice. Although supposedly Tony Khan has said he's interested in that purchase thing as well, which I'm. I'm conflicted on because I I do like Tony Khan. I think mm-hmm. he's an interesting owner as far as uh, wrestling. He's very passionate about it. I'll tell you that much, and that's what I like about it is, um, Vince McMahon. Oh my God! Aside from the litany and laundry list of issues that the the gentleman has, um, I they he he his mindset over the course of years has just been, I'm going to give you the entertainment that you are going to watch. Not what the fans want, not what mm-hmm. they cheer for. I'm telling you what you want. And that always pissed me off. That always bothered me because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have some sort of uh, unexpected element of your wrestling, or you shouldn't have something maybe the fans weren't cheering for or something like every once in a while that's fine but to completely bold-faced like again the daniel bryan thing uh was is a very good example of that i know he loved daniel bryan and i know that he had a really good attachment to him uh, and he respected him a lot but the fact that he was genuinely had no intention of including him in the wrestlemania discussion that to me is just like blind willing stubbornness that Mm -hmm. is like just harming your company. Whereas Tony Khan, I kind of feel like he likes to have a hands-on approach, but he also likes to take feedback from both wrestlers and people and try to implement it as best as he can to AEW. I know that right now it's not as good as it was when like in its first year, but I think, or even the second or Third year? What? How many? Is it four years now? I think it's on its fourth year. Yeah. I think it's on its fourth year. But regardless, I, it's it's still pretty. It's a pretty high quality product, in my opinion. I, yeah. I like AEW a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I I just I'm of two minds because I I want somebody like him to be in charge of WWE, but I don't want him yeah in charge of it because competition breeds innovation. Yeah, Tony Khan. Yeah, Tony Khan already has Ring of Honor as well. Um, We don't want another, you know, WCW, WWF merger again. Like, we don't don't need 2.0 of that. Um, There's already too many wrestlers in AEW the way it is. They have so mm -hmm. many wrestlers in their roster, which I'm glad to have people have work, but clearly they're having that struggling issue of maintaining the... TV time for all those people and having storylines flow and mesh cor- correctly. When they first started, they had a really good flow going, but now they've had so many people like 
the women's wrestling a lot of the time falls by the wayside, which drives me nuts because I'm like, you guys had a, you guys had a thriving, crazy, uh, women's division, and now it's like it, it it's like a footnote half the time, and that that yeah. drives me nuts because I think like basically right now, oh, it was focused on Thunder Rosa for a long time until she got injured, and now she's like locker room toxic. Uh, so I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. And then uh what is it? Uh Jade Cargill. Yep. I I love her. <laughs> I think I, she's I love her. I want them to do something with her. Yes. That's the thing. Like her she's got a great look. Mm-hmm. She carries herself in this like really prestigious, entertaining, pompous way that you want to see someone beat her. Uh, it, it, and and it's just I don't know. Like there you could do stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's even if it's I don't know if you would just want to get more TV time. If you want to have her beat, like, I don't know, beat the hell out of guys, like find them in the back or locker room, beat the hell out of them or something like that. And be <laughs> like, I'm going to keep doing this until I get the attention I deserve or something like. I would something love to as just, simple as that. <laughs> I would just love to see her like backstage, like just grab like, um, oh God, like struggle half the way or something and just start like slapping him around. <laughs> Exactly right. It it would just be like a funny little thing. She she. I mean, she looks like she could punch anybody's face to the back of their head. My God, those guns. Mm-hmm. That woman. That woman. Yeah, she she has paid, her workouts have paid up in spades. And then I don't know. It's just it's so sad that they have so much talent that deserve the time, but. It's it's a really delicate balance. Like even when when WWE Raw went to three hours, like, and they have a less. I, I think they have fewer wrestlers. I I think they do. I don't remember offhand, but I think WWE currently has like fewer wrestlers overall than AEW does. It, it's even, hard to say now because Triple H has hired so many back. That is true. That is true. But the three. I I remember when they went to the three hour format for Raw, and even now, it just feels like it's too much for me. Like, I kind of feel like there could be neater storytelling. And then it's disappointing where half the time they have a, uh, they, they have this three hour window and there's still people that don't get time, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the same thing that AEW is running into. The same problem they're running into is that their roster has, it's great again, that people are working, but to find the balance for all those people is really hard. One of the things, yeah, one of the things that was a lot of the wrestlers said was really attractive about AEW throughout its um, stint has been the fact that they just wrestle on Wednesdays. Um, Occasionally, they'll do the special, you know, live rampage on a Friday. And, you know, once a quarter, there's the the pay-per-view. But otherwise, it's once a week. They're changing that now. They're going to start doing house shows, which I went to one um AEW show in New York and my god it was so long it was so long because <laughs> you're you not only are you doing dynamite which was an hour like it was a special so it was an hour longer with mm-hmm. or, or for the rampage so it was 4 hours between dynamite and rampage and they also did a dark taping um for like their for dark elevation I was there for like five or six hours on a Wednesday. Like I didn't get out until almost 1 a.m. I got home 
at about five. It was a great oh show, but like, dear God. That's yeah, that's that's a little too. And and I feel like that is also a little bit of the off-putting nature of uh like live shows for both audience and wrestler in general. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting getting your friends to go with you sometimes, unless they're a diehard wrestling fan, it's tough to convince somebody that's not to be like, hey, how do you feel about uh, wasting like seven hours of your life? I'm going to be sitting here. A lot of the time they're going to be doing commercials. It's going to be really awkward. They're going to be standing in the ring and not doing anything. And you're going to be hearing their entrance music and they're not going to be doing anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're going to go get a beer and then you're going to miss some of the action and you're going to be really disappointed in yourself. You feel like you want to waste your time in there for that, that Wednesday, Monday, Friday evening. We could do that. You know, it's a, it's a weird balance. I want more eyes for more people, but uh, I don't know. The, the audience saturation is just a little, uh, it, I, it ain't there. It's not, an, there's not enough people to, to warrant more, wrestling i don't more wrestling time i don't think in my opinion the the thing is i don't think tony khan sleeps so he assumes the rest of us (laughs) don't and he doesn't look like he sleeps does he like you ever see him in interviews he always looks like he just like he's shell-shocked like he just happened to walk past the grenade right before he walked out on stage he's like oh whoa (laughs) like looking around in bewilderment his eyes are super wide open yeah i have some theories about (laughs) about why his eyes were like that but uh, he 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 enjoys pixie sticks sugar rush big sugar oh, rush big sugar rush big sugar rush yeah now he doesn't take it out of the, the the little paper tube right he likes to like maybe put it out on the table or something like that you know yeah yeah and maybe, maybe free base the sugar a little bit <laughs> yeah free base in the sugar you know just like wakes him right up Especially during the uh, press conferences after, like, have you ever seen him? He's just like, yeah, he's take a sedative, sir. I this can't be good God, for you. Looks super manic, and oh my God, like the dude. Uh, that that's concerning, isn't it? Like you think between him having this manicky mindset, and then you look at Vince McMahon who. <laughs> proudly touts that he has not, like he sleeps like four hours a night i i get it you're a hard-working man you've been doing this for years and years and years you're the genetic jackhammer uh which you're jackhammering your heart with the hgh that you are injecting into yourself but still you're the genetic jackhammer i appreciate the fact that, that you're putting in all this work and effort and everything dude old people are supposed to sleep <laughs> Like I know that you you need less sleep the older you get technically, but like most old people I know, they're like they're they're sleepy little guys. They like mm-hmm. to go. They they they're middle of the day. They're snoozelating. You know they're taking a nice little snoozy snooze in the middle of the day. Whereas he, I kind of feel like I don't know, does a workout to <laughs> to to keep himself awake, and that's his nap. Yeah. So I feel like. The fact that both owners of the companies are like this, maybe there's something wrong with the industry in that regard. <laughs> hmm. A little concerning. Maybe. Maybe just maybe. I don't think anyone would ever say that wrestling can be a toxic environment. Oh, definitely not. Uh, except for the fact that, like, dear God, the amount of... I, I think, like, 
the the locker room leader thing is a concerning atmosphere nowadays um i kind of feel like that is a relic of the past that has become it's become integrated into the current landscape of wrestling and can be unhealthy depending on who is put into that charge role i remember for example the undertaker mark calloway thought it was stupid that apparently some of the guys would play video games mm-hmm. before their matches together. They would play like MLB, MLB, and they play wrestling sometimes. And he thought he's just like, yeah, you gotta be like a man. You gotta smoke cigars, drink beer, and be a man. Which, if you've ever listened to him talk about the Bone Street Crew or whatever they were called, they were playing dominoes. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's uh, so manly. Varying, very manly. <laughs> Uh, nothing gets the heart pumping like dominoes. Yeah, my God, my my heart is uh, in my throat from how this intense dominoes game. Let me tell you. Yeah. As soon as <laughs> I heard him say that, I was like, sir, you didn't have room to talk before about this, but now you have buried yourself. Speaking as a side note, this sounds hilarious, but I... This is completely wrestling not related. I am a massive avid board game fan. I have way too many board games. Have you ever have you ever played any of the legacy games? I don't think so. Do you know the concept of legacy games? Yeah, those are the ones that like um I don't want to say build upon each other, but like basically that they do. That's basically it. Yeah. So each game subsequent each subsequent game builds on the previous one. And you destroy stuff, you rip things up, you mm-hmm like tear up your board to write on your board that yeah a lot of times you have named characters they could have they could have uh scars and wounds and all this crazy stuff risk was the first one that did that and there is uh you could have like named generals and stuff like that in risk and they could have ptsd and not want to like go to war anymore or anything like that and they limits their abilities to do stuff and really fascinating stuff and there's one game that I played that was called Pandemic Legacy, um, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Highly recommended if you are ever at all interested in any sort of board gaming. That is a that was an experience and a half. And the way that that works is uh, you it's a story and episodic game series. You play twelve months, a full year. You can either win on the first t- first try of each month, or if you lose, you get to try again. And if you lose the second time you're forced forward in the story anyway. So potentially up to 24 games, minimum of 12. So we played for a long time of this this game, and I had a character that you could switch characters in between. You weren't like bound to a character per person, but a lot of times you grew attached because you played with that that particular person. And I played with the same character from the very beginning all the way to the end. And it was two turns before the last, before the game ended. And we realized I had a real potential of my character dying. Like, we did not realize at the time while we were playing. But then, like, that that second to last turn came around. And I was like, I'm sitting there looking and I'm analyzing. And I said, you have really got to be shitting me right now. Like, I was so concerned. And then, you know, my friends are saying, what? And I said... I have a 66% chance of dying. 
I I have a I have a very high likelihood of dying in this particular turn. And I will be so upset if I went like a full year playing this game with this one person and they die at the very end and the very last game. And fortunately enough, survived. But speaking of heart pumping, that did get my heart pumped. I was very upset. You have no idea how upset I was with the potential. But I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, well, I'm pretty sure Domino's would not have the uh, same, same level of intensity. No. I'll, 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 I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, that's, that's sort of mindset. That sort of, like, I don't know, holier-than-thou mm-hmm. concept is very frustrating to me. And I think it's something that needs to go the way. Like the Miz. I felt so bad for the Miz. Yeah, they hazed the ever loving hell out of that guy, and I have massive respect for him. He genuinely is one of my favorite wrestlers in the modern yeah. day era because Agreed. he's wrestled a safe style. He has never really had a major major injury, to my knowledge. The only like major ish injury that he's had, he received during that um silly oh, did he, zombie match. Did he break his tailbone or something? Was that is that him? I don't remember. What happened? I, what happened I, to the zombie match? I didn't mean to interrupt you. So it was like Vince Vince McMahon obviously was in charge of this one. And um, like zombies, when they took and pulled him out of the, he hurt his leg. And it was when he, Morrison was still, uh, was when it was Miz and Morrison. And oh, then yeah, that's yeah. when he was in like the wheelchair and stuff. Um, oh, right. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So he did um, have a real injury. And then. But it's, I mean, compared to a lot of wrestlers, my God, like some mm-hmm. people like Samoa Joe, who's made out of like, it's got paper skin and glass bones. Like yeah. The dude has been, it has fallen apart. I, I love Samoa Joe. I really, really like him. But my God, sometimes I worry because I, I want to have, want him to have a good run. But every time they give him, they give him the ball, it's just like he, something happens and the guy falls apart. Yeah. So the Miz. He he wrestles a safe style, but it's an entertaining enough style that you he's fun to watch in the ring. He's a safe hand. Mm-hmm. He could go go from main events to, you know, like jobber matches, no problem. And he basically shoved, he he just everything rolls off of him because he's got such a good promo that you can either and and I like him as a face. I know a lot of people don't like him as a face, but I like him as a face. But he is hateable. He's a hateable guy, you know. But the fact that he came from what was it? Was it the, the real, real world? world? Yeah. Yeah. So he came from the real world and they gave him so much shit for it. And as a result of that, he had to change out in the hallway. Like, do you do you know whose um, bag it was that he was eating chicken over? He I won't. Don't. He won't say it now. You can hear like in old interviews. Um, it was Chris Benoit. Chris oh. Benoit was the one who's like, you're eating over my bag. And he was like, because he'll he still says he's like I wasn't eating over the bag like I thought it was a joke like no it like the bag was right over there and he's like I'm sorry if like some debris got in there but like I'm not eating over your bag dude and yeah. that's who started it oh god you know and that kill that kills me to even the, the subject to even broach of of Benoit I know that he was an asshole and I know obviously for many 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 reasons um which kills me because he was one of the first first wrestlers I gravitated to. Same. And that it sucks, right? Like mm-hmm. to think to yourself, man, like that's something that yeah, I've I've always heard the phrase and tried to support the phrase, separate the art from the artist, but in this instance, I I don't think that's a possibility, you know? 
Like, Which... e- it's easy. I've always said it's easier to separate the art from the artist once they've died. Not in this case. <laughs> in this case, no. It has actually made it uh, somewhat worse. Uh, yeah. Actually, a lot worse because of that. So, I, it, I... and that kills me. Like it because Benoit's look, his wrestling style and everything was entertaining as hell, mm-hmm. but also went to show just how like for lack of better phrasing how fucked up the wrestling world was mm-hmm. at that especially at that time the yeah. fact that the, like he and Eddie Guerrero and, and all these like like Eddie Guerrero when he died didn't they say his heart was like enlarged like three times the size it should have been mm-hmm. you know like from just HGH the and that's Oh my God, like just to do that to yourself, to have size because Vince McMahon wants you to have size. And, yeah. And, uh. Like, um, I think once Benoit murdered his family and killed himself, there was a bit of, a, and Eddie died, there was a uh, culture change. They were just like, okay, we have to change what we're doing here. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Ivory's talked about before how there was no like policy, like drug policy, like it was there, but they weren't, they weren't testing anyone. They weren't doing anything. And she's like, you know, um, and and she had said like the, it was unusual for the women to like get really wrapped up in the drug culture of wrestling because Mm -hmm. they weren't taking the bumps that the guys were. And that's how it would always start. Like trying to numb the pain. Yeah. I mean, they were wrestling so much more back then than they are now for less money. Um, yeah, look at look but... at uh, Kurt Angle in, in his Perk Angle stage. I mean, the guy was a machine mm-hmm. in, in TNA. He had some of the best wrestling, I think, arguably during his era at, at TNA. Guy was awesome, but it was because he was on so many painkillers. And I mean, he, even if you look at him now, his, he's got like, like little pinholes for his freaking pupils because of just like the drugs have like addled his body so much. And it's yeah. a, it, again, I, I feel bad that that era of wrestling promoted such a negative atmosphere for them to, to survive in because it's like this, it's this passion that they have something that they want to do to perform and to, to wrestle and to be a memorable character, but the fact that they did it so much that they needed to take painkillers to to just keep going, mm-hmm. the fact that they needed to do steroids to have the size that Vince McMahon wanted, like that's just a horrible mindset. So the fact that mo- modern day wrestling promotes a lot of the smaller, more live indie wrestler, yeah, uh, makes me very happy. You know, like, like, I, I wish he was in a better place, but like Ricochet is mm-hmm. somebody I really find very entertaining in the, you know, I kind of, I kind of wish he went to his, back to his Prince Puma stage. Um, so, you know, way where, where the, he's not, a, he's not a good promo. I hate to yeah. say it, but Ricochet is not a good promo and, but he didn't need to have a good promo. He didn't make, he didn't do any promos when he was like that Prince Puma stage or whatever it was. It might think of the might saying the right name. I think it's Prince Puma, but when he was in uh, Lucha Lucha Underground, Underground, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what his name was there. Yeah, I can't remember. Honestly. It's something 
I think it was something Puma or something like that. But anyway, he he had a mask on. He didn't mm-hmm. talk. And you know what? He was still freaking entertaining. So so WWE, take notes. If you ever find this podcast, better shirts and mask ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I mean ricochet is a pretty man. Just yes. You know what he needs? He needs like a Paul Heyman or like someone to talk for him. That's yeah. Just, that's what he needs. Yeah. That's all it's, he needs. Uh, they, actually, uh, the fact that they had. Um, uh, oh, God. Why can't I remember the name of the, the faction? Uh, the Bobby Lashley faction. Oh, um, uh, why did the purpose? Her- I'm like, it's the the H something. It's the H. something. <laughs> I could not remember. But the Hurt Business was great. For all of them, mm-hmm. that it it promoted that it, I loved that faction. They they were great, and then oh. Vince McMahon got bored of it, and then he just like said, "Well, we don't want this anymore." And I'm thinking to myself, you just took something that elevated, like Bobby Lashley felt like the biggest deal. He felt like the mob boss of that that locker room, mm-hmm. and his it, like his, his lackeys were following him around. Shelton Benjamin actually did something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? And and uh they I almost said Cedric Diggory, which was hilarious to me. <laughs> Cedric Diggory was alive Cedric, again. He came back to life and turn and turn, was a completely different person. But they they were all elevated and then all of a sudden they they just said like, all right, we're gonna stop. I remember they they found out like apparently the the same night that mm-hmm. it happened they were going to get broken up and they were all upset about it. And it's just like, dude, like that's a, that's the example I was using before about, you know, Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon saying like, this is the entertainment I am giving you and you're going to like it. Like, no, I did not like that. <laughs> that is not the entertainment I want. And even if it might be unexpected, it was not the direction we wanted it to go right. at all. Yeah. Anyway. And <laughs> The only one that was able to still like pull out of that was Bobby Lashley. Like, yeah. thank And I think part of that is he's he's such a spectacle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, when he comes out now, he reminds me of an Oscar. Like how they have that little podium he stands on, how he folds his arms. I'm just like, he's an Oscar. He's like a little award that is given to someone. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's got quite the chiseled body. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that much. My God, I, uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure if he's all natural or not, but my God, if he is, that is a, uh, that is an impressive feat. I would think that he would be just because I, I would imagine that the UFC does test and he, he, I mean, he was the same size when he was there. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a very pretty man as well. Yes. He's a, he, he's, he's, I can objectively say. From a from a straight male standpoint, he is a handsome dude. Mm-hmm. You could look at him and be like, "Dude, I would really like to look this handsome." <laughs> like, I'd like to wear a suit. It, you know what's funny? He's actually one of the people that can it, one of the heavily muscled guys that can wear a suit and not yes. look like he's wearing his dad's clothing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Like, John, I, I'm glad John Cena got a tailor finally. Yeah, because remember when he was in his huge Cena stage, he he looked like. I don't know. He's wearing like paper sacks that were just happened to be forming into a suit. Well, yeah, but then he has such weird, funny style that it's 
his taste is questionable, but at least the suits fit right now. <laughs> yeah, at least they like kind of fit his body mm-hmm. to some extent, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. the The larger dudes definitely have, and I imagine it must be hard to find clothes that, like, if your biceps the size of someone's head, that's probably not an easy fit to find. But, um, I I think Wardlow was talking about about it, and I think. They all basically go to the same guy. Oh, interesting. I like there is like a designer that yeah. like you wouldn't know of unless you're a big guy who was just like, I need something that makes my muscles look normal. <laughs> I could really imagine them asking him that way as well, where it's just like, <laughs> I just want to let you know I need a, I need a suit that fits me. Golly gee, really well, because I got to upcoming event that I need to look pretty for. <laughs> okay, Mickey it's, Mouse. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. Whatever you need, sir. Yes, whatever whatever you need, sir. I'll get right to that. Can I get so, some fast passes? <laughs> we have done a lot of reminiscing and speculation as far as the uh, products that we have watched. And we have not talked about anything current. And I figure we should probably touch on at least a few things to some extent. Sure, you're running this podcast, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what's funny about that? The reason I do that sometimes, too, is that I am a tangential talker, clearly. I One idea will spiral into another idea, into another idea, and I apologize for that. I also apologize for for usurping your your podcast. Don't cry. It's okay. But... uh, I do that just to not only kind of like recenter myself to moving forward, but also make sure that we don't continue to spiral each other back and <laughs> forth. Cause that happens. It's, it's not it weird when you're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden you're saying like, tell what we talking about. Yeah. Well, like what was even the original point of the conversation? So Bef- before we get off the nostalgia train, oh, sure. one second, there's one thing yeah, I yeah. wanted to bring up. So and I've probably told this before on the podcast, but uh, and for anyone who who listens, Andrew is the person who are we have a mutual friend who shall remain <laughs> nameless for this because he has a big boy job um, was mocking us for our love of wrestling, saying about how it's fake and all of that. And I, you were like, let me put you in the walls at Jericho. And he, he was just like, <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah. And I started recording, obviously. Um, And I was just like, it's, it won't hurt. It's it's all fake, remember? And uh, yeah, I think he changed his tune very quickly. I have this fantastic photo that like whenever I think of wrestling and you, I just imagine you putting him in the walls of Jericho. When he was finally let out of it, he crawled under one of Andrew's kitchen chairs to protect himself. I remember I'm looking for I swear I have this photo somewhere. I don't know where it is. I thought I had it on my phone because I was going to hold it up the screen so you could see it. I have it in a scrapbook. (laughs) I, I, I swear I've shown people this photo before, but I cannot seem to find it at least offhand, which is disappointing to say the least. I, that I feel was, like uh, it might have been more of a lion tamer, to be fair. Yes, it was it was uh it was not the classic uh um Boston crab 
version of of uh, the walls of Jericho, but the lion tamer, the elevated version of it, where you put his knee, you put your knee in the back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm... that was. Uh, <laughs> ever since then, he has been very leery of allowing me to be like, "Hey, let me try this wrestling move on you," because mm-hmm. it won't hurt. I also like. I don't have. Mm, no i think the video is somewhere still but like in the video you can hear that like in my voice i'm just like yeah just go ahead wrestling's fake wrestling doesn't hurt like the way i say it you can tell that i don't mean a word of what i'm saying and i'm wanting him to go down (laughs) (laughs) like i I was just like yes get into the move you moron i mean it and it's weird because if you actually apply some of these wrestling moves, they they really do. They would hurt the hell out of you. Like that one, what the Kimura lock that that uh, Brock Lesnar does. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a banned move in MMA. If you do that and you, know, you actually lock it in, you can kill somebody from it. So, uh, yeah, no, don't. So, so word of advice between you. Between you, me, and the wall, uh, don't do wrestling moves on your friends. It might be fun, but it's incredibly dangerous if you're not mm-hmm. trained. Or your siblings. Anyone, really. Just don't just do not do them. Leave them to the trained professionals. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, they do this every week. That's their job. It's not your job to like, do a powerbomb to your little brother. All right? A pop-up powerbomb to your brother, maybe. You know, shatter their spine a little. It's fine. Yeah. I was once sleeping and received a um why can't I a people's elbow to my back. Ooh, ooh. And the person didn't mean to, but they slipped when they were because yeah. they were like pretending that they were going to for a, and they slipped and they actually did it. Yeah. Oh, thank God I was like 20 at the time. Cause if you did that to me now, oh like I was watching. Do you watch any of the wrestlers um on Twitch? Like Orange Cassidy? I uh, no, actually, I've never really Orange Cassidy on Twitch. I didn't know that. I have so many things to tell you, but that makes me sad. I I, I know that um I I know that uh, uh, Adam Cole. I've watched him. He's a pretty entertaining streamer. Uh, and I've watched uh, Xavier Woods. So Orange Cassidy does not play video games. Like he started out playing Settlers of Catan. On, I on am it. already really liking how this is going. Let's go. Let's continue. But it has morphed. Uh, usually we watch Gladiators with him, the UK version of Gladiators. Although sometimes it's other weird things um, like that dating game show from like the 80s that had the serial killer on it the one time. How many, how many people watch him at the same time? About 300 and 300. Wow. Oh, so he's like, like you have the opportunity to like actually probably talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of really need to do now. Now I need to watch this dude. Uh... Next, next time I see that he's live, I'll. We should become friends on. Twi- no, I think I can send it to you off of Twitch. I'll like send yeah. you a thing. That would I, be nice. I may have created a Twitch to, <laughs> just to, to watch, watch Orange Cassidy. Maybe. I mean, you can always watch my Twitch now too. Just that's saying. True. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> anyway. That's a lie. I I created it to watch Cultaholic. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's a fair that's point. A I get it. Yeah. Even so, I I believe you your your original story. You could have your retcon story if you yes. want. Yes, you yes. did it for a specific purpose. Yes, but so. I highly highly recommend 
he is hysterical. He usually he wears the shades still, but he wears a sailor's hat usually with it. Oh yeah, yeah. I love the I love the sailor hat version that he does. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's actually Chuck's sailor hat that he or it maybe they have matching ones, but because him and Chuck live together. Um and Sometimes he yells at him because, like, the dryer's going off. And he's like, Chuck, get your clothes. Or, Chuck, the fire alarm's going off. What are you doing? That's, uh, sounds like quite the experience, to it be honest with you. truly is. It's, it's special. It's very yeah. special. It is very special. Mm -hmm. You also, he has everyone prank uh, Brandon Cutler. At some point, which is when we all just tweet him the same thing. <laughs> I and love petty stuff spammed. like that. Yeah, petty shit like that is getting nuts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes he'll have special guests, like uh, Chris Statlander came on the one time, and she played the recorder. <laughs> um, what? Why can't I? Johnny Hungy was on there. Um, what? You do from the Dark Order. Um. Why can't I think John Silver? Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. You know, it's weird. I, I think I've only ever referred to him as John Silver. So I had no idea if that was his actual name. Oh, yeah. John Silver is the Johnny Hungy is just something he started doing on BTE, I think. Oh, I, I see. I've, I, that's one thing I've never actually watched is uh, BTE. Like I've seen like little bits and pieces of it, maybe like a clip or something, but I've never actually watched the show on a regular basis. So. It's a fun rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I've, I mean, I love the fact that it is kind of like meshed the wrestling world with their real life in some mm -hmm. capacity, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it starts to become what I call the CW prospect, which is like once there's too much crossover between shows and I have to really start putting an effort to understand references between shows by watching other shows, then I start getting tired of that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm just not going to do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like fair you know like like cw did that with like the flash and green arrow and they had like the Arrowverse, and they had like you know all the different uh, all the different shows like branching over to one another and i'm just like eh, this is, it's like a homework i don't want to have to do that <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah. do that that i can understand but yes uh you should though definitely watch orange cassidy's uh twitch stream okay recommendation recommendation yeah. everybody if you've not seen it yes yeah, uh, and anyone who listens to me at all talk on this podcast knows anytime I catch one of his streams because I'm like, he did the funniest thing. And it's usually like some weird ass thing that I've never seen before that like oh. someone in the chat recommends to him and then he plays. He's also accidentally opened up his Gmail for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, just, I'm just like, dude, gotta be careful. You're in a dox yourself. Well, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like Orange Cassidy's response to that, though, would kind of be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Except I think he still has his regular job. At least he did, like, a year or two ago. Because he's, he's an architect by trade. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, huh. he's an architect. Um, and he, you know, a part of a, a, and again, a part of me wishes that, um, that, that like he was making enough money 
and and to not have to do that. I hope he doesn't have to do it. Like maybe he just likes doing it. You know I, what I doubt mean? he has to do it at this point. Okay. There, I mean, there's no he's way. A, he's actually one of the, the their top merchandise sellers, which is mm-hmm. the funniest thing to me. Oh yeah. Um they uh although I'm I'm I am i right, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit wrestling sacrilege. Um so I know that he's got his current the the what is it, the band of horses that the song that he has for his entrance music. Are you talking about Orange Cassidy? Yeah. What's um, the, or uh, what's the name Pixies. of the song? I can't. That's it. Oh my yeah. god, I'm thinking the wrong song. Sorry, my brain was just like, "What the hell song is this?" But the Pixie song, everybody likes it because it's kind of got that lackadaisical. It's the one from weird, these Indies. It, yeah, and yeah. and it it connects with him. But I actually, re- I, I the only reason I bring this up is because I was listening to it and I have it on my Spotify playlist. The old one. was. The old one, the 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 rap version, the rap song that came out. Do you remember that? The OG, I don't Orange Cassidy so. OG. You don't you don't remember that song? I remember like his last entrance music before this one. I remember that one. I liked more. Let me see if I can find what it's called. I just want. I'm, now I'm look. Now I'm looking it up. Now it's yeah. just I must and, find. I I have to find this because it's like it's gonna sit here and bug me if I don't. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I remember. I, I remember. Actually, I think I, I, um, heard it. He heard him come out to it, and I was just like, "This is a very unexpected, uh, unexpected song." And now I can't seem to find it. What the hell? Well, now I feel like I just got to do a follow up or something to let you know what it's called. It's gonna, but it was, it's like a rap song and it's just like an odd, weird song. Oh, it's uh, uh, called Same Old G. Same Old G. Same Old G. Okay. Uh, let's see, it's by Montezzi and Fresh. <laughs> I feel, I feel so freaking. I think saying that, that that was the only. <laughs> That was the only other song he had, right? Like as entrance I, music. Maybe I I don't know. It's uh, I I really don't remember. I Whatever don't remember he had that. before the pixie, I, I preferred that. Yeah, I something about it's like it's also kind of like uh with with, with um oh, what's wild thing for uh John Moxley. Like I'm I'm sorry um. They, uh, I, I get it. It works in his character. Like I know he likes the song. A lot of people like the song. It's just not clicking. It doesn't click yeah, for me. I, I kind agree. of like that aggression sort of. It just fits to me. Both the Dean Ambrose uh, theme that he had, um, in WWE, and then the uh Violent Idols song that he had for. AEW, which is the one that he came out with initially, like that's the one, the initial one that he had. Something about that is clicks for me with him. And when they don't, when I, I, they have these licensed songs, sometimes just licensed songs don't don't, don't work. work. Yeah. They don't work so well. Oh, this was something, by the way, I, want, I meant to ask you. Um, do you ever find yourself? This sounds so silly. Do you ever find yourself? imagining new wrestling moves <laughs> yes isn't that weird 
like you sometimes think to yourself like oh i could do this chokehold or something like that and it's like but i see that i'm I'm the type of person it's not like i do it in, in the mindset of like I, I could do this to hurt somebody i could do this to like you know beat someone up or something i just like think to myself how would i safely do this and make it look realistic and it's so weird that i do that i they actually um what is it oh god what is his name um used to be on 205 live bearded older guy what's his name oh my god it just popped out of my head oh uh um, kendrick brian kendrick yes that's holy jesus i could not remember his name and i really liked him as a wrestler so it goes to show how much i liked him <laughs> <laughs> he had a his, one of his moves um is uh uh called sliced bread two um which is the second coming of sliced bread as he calls it <laughs> and he i it, it's basically like he kind of get him into a uh like a diamond cutter position mm-hmm. and he runs up the ropes and then kicks off of it and then does like like a diamond cutter or uh rko from the ropes yeah um and i had i had like an idea of that as a as a move before i ever knew he did that and i was just like oh my god that's the move i thought of <laughs> and i was like so excited when i saw it and oh man it's just funny like to think that there are there's some moves that like i think to myself okay cool nobody's ever done that and i think it would look really neat and then other times you see like moves that people have come up with and then you're just like how is that supposed to hurt any anybody? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what was it? John Morrison had like the, oh, what is it? Like the starship something or the 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 top rope move that he used to do. That was his finisher oh. in WWE. That like yeah. spin around thing. I mean, like that didn't half the time you missed it, dude. I don't know. I'd, you're gently buttering that person that's on the ground like your hand brushes against them. <laughs> Kelly Kelly and Carmella do this one thing. Um, and it's kind of like a flying head. Like that might be what it's supposed to be or like. a, But they jump and it's kind of almost a Hurricane Rana, except they don't follow through on it. They they have you can tell that the person who like they have wrapped their legs around their neck is doing all the work and twirling themselves and they just mm-hmm. like arch their backs um and i'm oh yeah 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 i hate that move there is no other move in wrestling that i hate as much as that whenever i see it rage rage comes out of me i uh uh wade barrett was a classic for me with his initial finisher that he had where he like i can't i can't remember the name of that move that he did was like like but the, like he would uh, like what rear back with them on their shoulders and then he would just roll forward mm-hmm. and they would just roll off of him and like kind of lay down. Yeah. And I'm thinking. Like, did you put him in bed? Like, I don't know <laughs> what you're supposed to supposed to do with that move. I was really glad when he finally upgraded to the bull hammer. Yeah. And I, that see that looked like. It was it was pretty rough. Like that was pretty that could be pretty devastating if you got nailed in the right way. Also, weird finishing move that I really liked was uh Gail Kim's uh they called it what eat defeat. Oh yeah. Uh he she would like 
she would get your arm she would do like an arm wrench then put her foot on your jaw and like fall backwards and your jaw mm-hmm. would smash into her foot like I love things like that, but then there's other ones. I'm just like, dude, okay, that uh, this might be why people are saying this is sports entertainment, not actually a sport. Yeah, yeah, you gotta walk that line. You gotta, you gotta find don't do I don't it know well. some, something between flashy and actually like impactful is mm-hmm. uh, is a is a nice mix. Yeah, um, which I again going back to singing Orange Cassidy's praises. I love the fact that the dude can wrestle and actually he's a great wrestler, mm-hmm. but he can wrestle with his hands in his pockets, which has to be so much more difficult. Yes, because like the positioning, like it's so limiting. You mm-hmm. have to be very, very on point with the things that you're doing and moving and positioning that. You, oh, my God, that hurts. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to interrupt that. Um. Sorry for screaming in every, everybody's ears. You can cut this down if you want. Um, I burned myself with an iron. Oh. Uh, this this past week, and uh, it has not bothered me up until now. Which apparently I found out had I had I had a blister, and I just bumped it on the end of the table, and it feels really good right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Feeling that's... feeling great. Oh my god, there's something cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I have to say, I really enjoy the fact, like, Megan likes Orange Cassidy, but she does not indulge me nearly enough <laughs> when it comes I, to, like, just talking about his wrestling prowess. Oh, I that's okay. You can do that every single time with me. I will sing Orange Cassidy's praises to the ends of the earth because the the dude ha- just has it for me you know how they talk about they have like the it factor for people or for for wrestlers and it just like rolls off of him yeah something about him just has clicked with me and the fact that he went he took jr who did not like and get his character initially Mm -hmm. and then they saw he saw the reaction people had to him and saw what he did as far as his performance there and then he finally was convinced and was just like wow this guy's the real deal that to me is saying something to yeah. take someone like Roman Reigns, who I think is still is is a great talent. Do not get me wrong. Roman Reigns is definitely one of the modern era top tier talents and will definitely be a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. go down in the annals of history, particularly with the current storyline. Wow, yeah. that has really solidified it with me. But the fact is, it took many years of erosion to get him to that point. Yeah. That's a, and that that bothers me so much because the he's genuinely a likable dude. If you ever see him behind the scenes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he's funny. He's weird and goofy and and just like just like a really nice dude. Yeah. And then they gave him such a corny face persona for a long time, and they tried to shove that down our throats. Now they, I I I'll admit with the the uh, tribal chief nonsense he had going for a bit uh up until the bloodline storyline that's been going on um i was starting to get real tired of it um i cackled with laughter each time because it was just so ridiculous to me oh yeah acknowledge me (laughs) you know what i thought was funny was when he would be like he'd be doing the videos like he'd be like on the treadmill or something like that and talking shit and it would be like on social media or something like that. I thought that was funny because mm-hmm. he would still keep in character. I thought that was entertaining. But like 
when it first when it first came out when the tribal chief stuff first came out it was it was really refreshing it was really yeah. nice the fact that they weren't afraid to take his shirt off for a change they instead of having a which if you're looking for looking at it from a purely storyline perspective, how does that not give him an advantage if he's wearing a freaking Kevlar vest or whatever to wrestling to a wrestling uh-huh. ring? I feel like that would probably give you some sort of advantage, uh-huh. just something. Right. But regardless, when he did the tribal chief thing, it was just really refreshing. I loved it. it believe it or not, I loved his theme because it included some little elements of the shield theme which he had for such a long time mm-hmm. into it um so it's got it's definitely got like a final boss music sound to it yeah. you know what i mean like uh, that that 1997 playstation japanese rpg era of like orchestral music that would play in the final boss boss battle and you're like oh god they mean business this is bad that's kind of what I get the feel I get from his current theme. But then he just kept winning based off of bullshit, shenanigans yeah. all the time. And I I'm all for a dusty finish, but not not every time. Not every single time. And then you you know, I again it's supposed to be that you hate him because he did the dusty finish and blah blah. But like it's just it started to to bridge from like boo this character to go away heat for me, mm. you know. Yeah. Whereas it's like, all right, I I I'm done. Like, Wrong just, kind of heat. Yeah. So, but then then they introduced the bloodline, and uh, so what's what's your take on that? How do you feel about the bloodline? I story? love it. Absolutely love it. Like it is a gold mine, and. Yes. I'm so I'm so intrigued to see what's going to happen with Jay. Um, because obviously, like, I don't want the Usos to split up. I love like they are one of my favorite tag teams. Um, but yeah, main event Jay Uso worked. Yeah. Which yes. What what are the odds that you would be able like a set of twins? That like unless they do their hair differently, like you cannot tell them apart yeah. really. Yes. They they have distinguished their characters finally. Yeah. To the and and moreover, I mean, if you really think about that, they have pretty much three storylines overlapping, actually heading on like four-ish storylines overlapping, where the right people are getting the right reactions. I feel mm-hmm. Kevin Owens was involved, uh, and has now thoroughly convinced Sami Zayn about his position in the bloodline and what had happened. And Sami Zayn, um, you know that I I remember what did I see? What was it? What was it? what what uh, Survivor Series? I think I was watching with. Uh, where Sami Zayn like finally solidified his point or, or his place in in the bloodline and all that yeah. stuff and like now they 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 kept making Jay doubt him and they kept making um like this tension this air of tension all the time like when was the other boot going to drop and then now they have Cody Rhodes in the mix and everything and I'll tell you this past raw 
with the promo that it was a brave thing, in my opinion, for them to put the two white hot baby faces in the ring at the same time and try to get positive reaction at the end of the day. And they did it. They mm-hmm. did that. And I think a big part of that is stemming from Sami Zayn and Cody's uh, uh, their abilities to to navigate promos. They're both fantastic promos. Yeah. Cody for a long time was not great on the mic, but then when like like he, when he was in AEW, he really honed it and now he's like he's definitely got the WWE style down. Yeah. But uh like it, they they somehow both progressed their portions of the storyline together in a logical way that kept you wanting to root for both of them to win. Um, but they also encouraged each other and without like having to say like, I'm better than you, which mm-hmm. is a very classic thing. WWE used to love to do is that they could only have one centric baby face. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's why I think a lot of people hated Cena for so long. Cause he was the, the guy and no matter what, and he was always, it's always like the good guy. And, yeah, he could never get beaten or anything like that for like and a decade. Yeah, and I love I love John Cena. I think he was one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler of the modern era. The dude was a machine, still is a machine. Love John Cena, and dun, even dun, during dun, dun. <laughs> exactly, and it, it, it <laughs> you know my 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 gentle encouragement of neutral cheering of instead <laughs> of it being like Cena sucks, I'm like, um. <laughs> But, He's right. Like that's why I think so many people turned on Roman Reigns because they tried to do the same thing with him and he wasn't Cena and people were sick of that. They didn't want another 10 years of the same dude. Mm-hmm. And so they now what they they did it very cleverly. They now took somebody, made him a central character, which was Roman Reigns. They made you really start to to hate him. And then Triple H, when he took over, he started to realize he's like, oh, my God. We need to take ourselves out of this hole because he's going to get that go away heat soon. And then they they started to morph it into, hey, we can elevate everybody here. Kevin Owens, he can be elevated because his his best friend is dealing with this this guy that really doesn't have his best interest at heart. And Cody Rhodes has his stake in the game, but he also wants to see. Tammy succeed because it was his story and you know like that's so cool that's great storytelling this is mm-hmm. going to definitely fall into one of the best modern day stories of all time I, I can I can always guarantee you yeah it's definitely like I don't know what else could possibly beat this for storyline of the year for 2023 like I know we're right in the beginning of the year so it's weird to say that but like how how yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. It's it's beautiful storytelling. It's wrestling at its finest. Like it, yeah. it truly is. Um, the other big story that they've been telling is everything that's going on with Rhea Ripley, and like the Judgment Day and Dom, and like also using social media, like dropping. Um, you know them dropping in on the family for Thanksgiving and then Christmas and Dominic getting arrested. And now he's prison Dom and making toilet wine and all that. Um, 
And then they just dropped. I don't know if you saw it. They dropped a Valentine's Day one. Oh, no, I didn't see that. I don't think. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's definitely worth watching because it's slightly different than the others. I'm going to have to take a look. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't catch that, go 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 watch it before Raw. Um, You know, I'm actually very surprised the Judgment Day thing worked out i was really nervous about that because when they did like the hostile takeover with finn balor many many months ago like that was it what i love finn balor he i'm a big fan but what he's doing like his gangster irishman thing is a little (laughs) cringe like it's it's reading (laughs) I'm cool like the kids, yo. And every yeah, he is, time... he, you, many people forget it. he's he is over 40 now. Yeah. 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 Every time I just like I just want to crawl inside like a blanket and be like, please stop. Please. Like you just feel like Dominic and, and Rhea are backstage and, and Damian Priest too telling him like, this is what all the cool kids are saying. No cap. Like <laughs> And then he just goes out and says these things. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it, it is a little cr- I I will agree, but I still think it works. Oh, pretty it works. Well. I, yeah, it, it, it meshes pretty. It really elevated uh, uh, Ray Ripley. Um, mm-hmm. she it, it, my God, the fact that, like she won the the women's Royal Rumble. Um, everything she does is pretty entertaining. Uh, so like, has really put the uh. Uh, spotlight on it. They did not have to go the usual WWE route of blonde haired, big boob woman is like super. I know that she is naturally blonde, I believe. Yeah, Rhea. But like the fact that she looks like this like gothic, like bouncer at a club and could just beat the hell out of you. It's just awesome to me. Like she really is like the second coming of China. She really, yeah, she definitely has that, like, that atmosphere about her. Like, she she feels compelling to me mm-hmm. where she kind of has that, um, like, I feel like there's been, and actually, believe it or not, I, I feel like most of the with the women, they've done a pretty decent job, at least, of establishing unique characters to them, especially, yeah. like, the four horsewomen. I mm-hmm. am a little bit sick of Charlotte Flair, I'm not going to lie. So sorry if anybody's a fan of Charlotte Flair, but my God, she just, uh, I know, put that hand down, put that hand down. Uh, I love Charlotte. It's it's something about her grates me the wrong way. And I kind of feel like, you know what it's got to be? It's got to be like, there's a, somebody that she reminds me of from a past life (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) And it's just, it's bothering the hell out of me. And I don't know what it is, but like, I don't know. It's something she's, I know she's very talented. I know she's a good promo. I know that she's um, uh, had a lot of like really great comebacks from mm-hmm. like drastically bad injuries and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, something about her just feels like she survived it, having Ric Flair as her father. <laughs> that is that is also true. She it, it just feels like she every time she comes out of the woodwork, she's immediately back in the main event scene. And it's just that that I think what is what irritates me. But then at the same time, if she started back at the bottom, like, you know, where it's just like, oh, okay, well, we're doing this by the book. So you got to wrestle your way back into the main event. It would just feel kind of cheap because Mm -hmm. she doesn't belong there, if that makes sense. 
so I'll, I'll use an example. Mickey James was doing something recently, at least to my knowledge. Uh, she was doing something like she became, she fought her way back into the main event scene in TNA and then basically said, if I lose this, then I'm retiring. It's her last so like rodeo, I, yeah. Yeah. So like that, to me, um, is super compelling. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think, is very fascinating because it shows to me that she's like she's risking it a lot where I think that might be where it is, is that like Charlotte, I feel like risks very little because no matter what she does, no matter what the outcome is, she suffers no negative consequence. That makes sense. Yeah. She's just like she gets she loses something and then she's still back in the main event scene the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey, I think, is great. She did a really good job with the, her her really annoying like heel character. Becky Lynch, always great. Mm-hmm. The man's always 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 an awesome uh uh wrestler. Her return at, and then subsequent, oh my god, that dislocated shoulder that she had, like oh god, that looks so bad. Oh yeah. And the um, prom her promos are top notch. Oh yeah, yeah. Asuka. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Asuka. Is she visually, I think she is one of the coolest wrestlers in the world today. Mm-hmm. Like Man, when she just made her, we just made her return, and she had that like that white face paint and everything. Like, oh god, that's so cool! Like, ah, she had, she had. That's another person I think that just has like the it factor, where like everything she does, I want to watch. Yeah, I just absolutely. And I get again, she's in her forties, I believe, or near forty. Um, and she's still wrestling at this insanely high level. And it's just crazy to me, to me that I know that wrestlers longevity, like AJ Styles is 44, 45 now. Yeah. Like their longevity is definitely longer than it used to be. Cause like 40 was like the cutoff point. You were like dead by then. Yeah. Honestly. Basically like you're, you would bear, think, like we said before with undertaker, he had the knee replacements and the hip replacements and everything. And he, mm-hmm. it, that was all before the age of 50, at least. And me- meanwhile, like AJ Styles is basically wrestling at a level like 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago and still just great. Like he's a, just a great, he's a great wrestler in general. Mm-hmm. Asuka is doing insane bumps and insane moves and everything. And it's just like, I'm sure she's put herself through the ringer because of her background and past in the wrestling. And she's still going like, damn, that's just so crazy to think how Natty is still going, which is crazy. Did you see that uh, I, 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 that that Lita is coming back for a match? Apparently, so they haven't officially announced <laughs> it, but yeah, and Lita's fifty. Uh, I think she might be fifty. Holy shit, she's fucking fifty. Yeah, she might be fifty-one. Like, I have to. I have not seen her in forever. I feel like I have to look this. Uh, she. I feel like she's. Uh, that, that's why I'm like shocked that she's 50 because she does to me, she never did not look 50 the last time or like near 50 the last time I saw her. If you, she looks great. She absolutely looks great. Her neck is starting to show her age a little bit. And that's not like a diss or anything. It's just, it, I feel like it that's a natural thing of like, yeah, like, like humans. It's like that's the, that's what ended up happening to like Madonna was Madonna like yeah. really started to show her age with, uh, like when she started getting that, uh, I call it the thin ropey muscle, you know, oh, where yeah. she's like, she kind of looks, she, she, she looks like, a, you know, like, like, like a Slim Jim turned into a person. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
And now she's uh now with all her plastic surgery. I don't know yeah. what she's doing to herself. But um, yeah, Lita looks great for her age, you know. Male wrestlers get that thing where like their pecs start to like invert a little and sag. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's it's always a little like um, I feel like <laughs> old school wrestlers in like the 70s always looked like that. Um, like that's just how they all looked. But yeah. now wrestlers, like when they hit like 45, that's when it starts to like sag and invert. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, I'm glad at least they're able to continue their careers well into like former retirement age now because I mean, you think about some of the more more classic wrestlers, like The Rock was had had this this fantastic following and mm-hmm. really, really was uh, um, a a staple of the industry for a long time. But his career only lasted about seven years. Yeah, like the 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 full like actual run that mm-hmm. like we remember him for. And John Cena, he made it to 10. I mean, it, you know, that that's, that's, it sounds like it, it's only three years more. I mean, he's still going, obviously, but yeah, he's I'm talking been like wrestling solid, 20 years now. That solid, consistent mm-hmm. 10 year tenure we were talking about earlier. And the fact, it, I mean, three years is a long time in wrestling, in, in terms of wrestling, like storylines change so quickly. Yeah. So the fact that he had that, not only the longevity, of his physical body, but his character is just nice to see that evolution for, for the WWE. Yeah. Um, um, wrestlers like ivory is 61 now and she was just wow. in the Royal rumble last year. Wow. And she got, she got thrown cause she did a, she was on Tommy dreamers podcast and, um, they made a joke about breaking a hip and it's like, actually, you know, maybe if one's about to go break it on their dime. So they fix it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they uh well, you know what's interesting thinking about that um and just like uh wrestlers uh injuries and 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 like their age and things that have been building up uh, on their bodies like I like the fact that the WWE seems to really be very willing to to work with people like for rehab mm-hmm. if they even if they're no longer with the company, like legends are oftentimes like, I believe Hacksaw Jim Duggan yeah. just recently had another bout of cancer and they helped him with that. Um, I think they helped Perry Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that's, that's pretty cool of them to do. And I, I like the fact that especially the rehab thing, I always like that policy that they said, basically, no matter where you are, what business you're in, if you need to get into rehab, if you come to us and say, I need rehab, they will put you in rehab. Yeah. Like that's a pretty cool, now, obviously, based on the connotation from the past, because they put so many freaking drugs in your system to make you wrestle, mm-hmm. that is, that's the kind least of a they shitty thing. Yeah, exactly. But now it kind of is a nice thing that they're they're just like, hey, you're hurt. I, we totally understand that. You need help. We are going to help you as best as we can. And that's a pretty cool concept to have. Um, yeah. I they still also, think that they should be unionized, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's uh, that's that's a whole other can of worms. Another thing that they do, even if a wrestler is no longer with them and they have a kid, um, like Matt Hardy has not been with them for a while. Like when um, their most recent baby um, kid, uh, Gothic baby, was born, 
um, WWE for each kid has sent them like a gift basket, like this big thing. Like they always get stuff. And with like a personalized note from Stephanie. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. I'm actually kind of, uh, I'm disappointed that uh, I'm sure there's probably something going on in her and her life in some capacity. The fact that she stepped down so quickly and everything she, I mean, she stepped down then she stepped up because the whole thing with Vince McMahon then she stepped down again immediately, like right after Vince McMahon came back in. Uh, I feel like there's something personal in her life going on in some capacity, which I, I hope it's everything's okay. Um, so yeah this time it wasn't that she stepped down it's that she completely resigned um and she so she immediately had surgery after that um her oh i didn't know that i think it's her ankle has been giving her a hard time she's had a couple of things with it because i follow her she she does midnight workouts um that um she'll post like photos and stuff for and usually one of her dogs gets gets in um but for a while she was having issues with her ankle um and i think she just kept pushing through it and pushing through it and pushing through it um and she would have like a walking cast on it or whatever and she just had to have surgery again on it so but i i think also when um triple h had that um heart issue i think they both really reevaluated um their their lives and their careers and the fact that they're I mean, their kids right now, I think, are like hitting teens and they're going to be they're going to be out of the house soon. So I think they she probably just wants to get that time. In. That, hey, I was going to say have that family time in mm-hmm. there. And it's in it's such a bastard to think the fact that like, you know, Triple H, I'm sure, you know, obviously he did like PEDS or HGH or whatever it was, you know, you don't maintain your size at his age. Um, completely naturally, I don't think, especially considering how big he was. But even over the course of years, I know he had done, uh, as far as I am aware, he had done uh, steroids in the past, and I feel like that was a factor in his heart condition that he had. Um, and and now the fact that he had to unceremoniously retire because of it, which is just such a shame, because mm-hmm. he's he's a great performer in general, yeah. and um. You know, like the fact that Stephanie, uh, who had had uh, less of a hands-on involvement as she got older and everything, but then she had her ankle thing, and the two of them are younger and well, young-ish, and they're still, you know, they're having those those medical complications. Meanwhile, freaking Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. again, speaking about nat- being natty, you know. You do not maintain that size at that age without some sort of help, and yet he's just like, hey, "I'm fine. I eat a, I eat a bowl of nails every morning for breakfast for fun, because that's what they told us to do. They're made out of lead. Yeah, it's real healthy for you." And you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. dude!" Like, <laughs> and I think it was Mojo Rally who was talking about, um, or maybe Pat McAfee. Vince wanting them to do some crazy stunt at like a WrestleMania. And they were like, dude, I'm not, I'm not comfortable doing that. And he's like, well, I'll show you. And he climbs up on whatever it is. And he does this crazy jump. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, this 80 year old man just did it. So now I have to. And while I respect the fact that he won't ask anyone to do something that he wouldn't do himself. Just stop doing it. <laughs> like that's a, that's a 
you could put you could stop now. It's okay. It's 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 all right. We know you're capable. Like as he's jumping, his bones are just going to turn to dust, which <laughs> honestly at this point I wouldn't be upset about, but like that's going to traumatize someone seeing their grandpa turn to dust in front of them oh, like a the vampire. Man turned into jello while he was doing this move. Oh boy. I don't know who that kid is. Or that that's that's the kid voice that I came up with now. It's like Seth and Becky's daughter running around backstage and she sees that and is scarred for life. <laughs> She's like, oh boy, I don't want to come here anymore. <laughs> they uh so so by the way, we talked about um so we have some upcoming up we have it's WrestleMania se- season. Mm-hmm. So and I know that that was a thing that with the Mojo Raleigh thing that was for for WrestleMania, uh, I believe. And and um that was I think it was like was like with Gronk. It was when they, yes. they had Gronk involved. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was. Um so he uh we have we have the bloodline, we have judgment day. Are there any other like standout storylines you're curious to see what happens in? I think Becky and Bailey are gonna have a match at WrestleMania. I could see that. I could see and that being the case. I'm so there for it because it's gonna be an amazing match. And it'll be a a women's match that is not about a belt, which, you know, it's great that, you know, I mean, five years, five, six years ago, they were just trying to get women on the damn card uh, with time. And now, like, there's going to be at least like probably three matches um, with with um, women headlining them. Um. I feel like the answer is yes, and I just can't think of anything else right now. See, the thing is, I feel like they have a lot of compelling stories mm-hmm. that are that are in the mix. Um, but I also like oh, uh, Brock Lesnar and and um, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, they they seem fun because it's going to be you know big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, got to have that going on. And uh, I I love this era of Brock. Uh, of this just like laughy mm-hmm. cowboy that's just like I just want to find whoever I find you know like <laughs> that kind of thing it seems like so, it's probably more him yeah it really does kind of it, the look you know what was weird is his look kind of threw me off for a bit I love bearded Brock but the the weird like ponytail mohawk thing he had going on was odd mm-hmm. for a while and now I kind of dig it it's kind of weird it works for me in a weird way <laughs> You know, that um, thing started as a joke with his kid. I do. I actually yeah. remember it because they said that he wouldn't do it or something. And he's just like, oh, well, all right, I'll prove you wrong. I'm going to just do it now. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of just works for him now. But yeah, I love the uh, I love the idea of just him fighting because he likes fighting and he's no longer in the p- title picture at the moment, which is really good. Really yeah. Healthy that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know. Love the Suplex City era, but it lasted like way too long, and uh, I do not need to see another Roman and Brock match. Yeah. Kind of like a, uh, kind of like the Randy Orton and John Cena, uh, uh, like series of matches. While they were great, it's kind of like if I never saw them wrestle again, that would be fantastic. It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they have so many different like irons in the fire, so to speak. And uh, th- there's, I feel like there's only a couple that we're currently focusing on that we want to see a payoff with. 
And in particular, it's everything centric around the bloodline and wanting to see what ends up happening there. Because honestly, the way that they've booked things, it could go a variety of different ways. Yeah. But obviously, I kind of feel like they're really they're really itching towards having Cody get it. Um, but I'm also really glad that Sami Zayn's getting his time to shine because I've loved him for years, mm-hmm. you know, and even since, since back as El Generico days, you know, so, <laughs> so did, was it just me, by the way? I don't know if you watched Raw this past week. I did. Um, did, did they change, did the audience change the Olay chant to Cody? Did they go from you know how it's oh no yeah did they go Cody 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 okay it sounded like they were saying Cody to the huh I, don't I know. swear to God at some I'm gonna point have to I, go back and check that I never, I that audience was red hot that entire yeah. show oh God yeah which is it, uh, and that again makes a show is mm-hmm. having that that uh, my God there's so many there's so many like Midwestern cities they've gone to and toured to and they just like they're dead audiences and I'm like and you know interestingly enough when they came to our town last time our audience was pretty freaking dead mm-hmm. and I was like what the hell you guys have got to like show what was that we got to have a serious my section discussion. was yelling a lot I, I know that because I yelled a lot and then the <laughs> next day I tested positive for COVID and I felt like a terrible person <laughs> The uh, true story. You know, thinking thinking about that as a side note was uh, just before everything went down, which is kind of crazy to think that we are now nearly four years into the whole concept of COVID. It's kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> but I remember when that was starting to break out in like February, the Mar- March area, I was at Elimination Chamber. Me too. Um, and and uh, they they were saying like, okay, this is getting really serious. This is bad stuff. You really have to be cautious. You have to start really washing your hands. And I'll never forget because, you know, you want, I don't know if you've ever been into a men's bathroom, especially at a large stadium of any capacity, but uh, the men's rooms are oftentimes like, it feels like you're you're in like a bovine feeding room. It's just like a bunch of urinals on the wall. And you just like, eh, just whatever, do what you got to do. And it doesn't feel like there's any ceremony to it or anything. They feels like the the sinks are like an afterthought. (laughs) And so I remember, you know, go in, use the bathroom. People, uh, people are coming in, coming and going. I go over and I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to wash my hands extra long. I always wash my hands anyway, but I'm going to wash them like, just be really conscious because I'm in a crowd. Mm -hmm. So I remember still like, and I cannot tell you the number of people I saw walk in, use the bathroom, and just walk out. Like, no hand sanitizer, no hand washing or anything. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be bad, isn't it? This is going to be pretty This is gonna be pretty bad. <laughs> and then, sure as shit, yeah. uh, things went real downhill. Really good, uh, uh, really good pay-per-view, although that was the one where uh, uh, Shayna Baszler... Baszler was dominating everybody and i was just like i hate this i hate this they I, re- I think i remember that text- so differently didn't didn't ever I, I think i remember texting you <laughs> during that match and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm so bored <laughs> with this because she's just 
I know they wanted to show her dominating and everything, but oh my god, it oh my god. They should have just had her come out last. It would have been smart. And like bowl through everyone there. I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. That was a tough match, especially yeah. like because of the cage, like the audience can't see shit. Um nope. so with the exception, because I think that that was the year they also had the tag. Yeah, because I've only gone to one live elimination chamber, and I'll never forget the tag elimination chamber match was my favorite. Um, because the nope, not Lucha Bros. Uh, Lucha House House Party. Oh they yes, were yes, like yes, yes. On t- doing this crazy shit, and I was just like, "This is amazing." <laughs> Are they finally gonna give them a push? No, Sabrina. Why would you ever think that? No, that they just. It's kind of like um, it's sad when they sometimes have things like that where they give you that false hope push. Like uh, remember when Roman Reigns was injured at Survivor Series a number of years ago and they substituted in Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. for him. And then so Dolph eliminated three people by himself. He was like the last wrestler. And it, it, I was so goddamn hyped. I love me some Dolph Ziggler. Same. Let me just say that, number one. I think he can make anybody look like a million bucks that you wrestle against. He's a good promo. And I think that he has the ability to literally just, in, as I said with Charlotte Flair earlier, he can insert himself into the main event scene and be completely believable in it. Um, And, and I kind of wish they gave him more love. But, mm-hmm. you know. Especially, it's... like, the the clock's running out on his career. Like, yeah. I'm glad I love Seamus and I love what's happening with with him now. Um, yeah. And it's very organic and it's probably the biggest push, like organic push of his career, at least since um, the bar. Yeah. I want to see that happen for Ziggler. Like, I I, I personally need it to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's got like we, we love us some Ziggler here. Yeah. All right. No Ziggler shaming. Yeah. But um, wh- him versus the Miz was one of the best matches I've ever seen live he, for the it, Intercontinental. It, it's crazy, like to think that it, it, just how talented some of these people are, and then they just never get that time to shine. I know that he's been champion in the past, but it, it just it, that quick. felt like, yeah, it was like a blink of an eye thing. And but I remember I was so that was like that 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 Ellsworth moment i was so hyped because he was he was i'm thinking to myself he's never gonna have a chance he's by himself he's never gonna have a chance and then they gave him that chance because they needed the storyline to progress and i'm like i was so excited but fortunately there goes the ziggler thing once roman reigns came running back in yeah gotta have that not the tribal chief but you gotta have the roman reigns domination so yeah I'm still hoping for the Dolph come back. Taking a bit of a pivot here. Um, how do you feel about MJF? Oh boy, that's actually uh that's a loaded question. Um I think given his age, he is easily going to be one of the best wrestlers um of his generation mm-hmm. i mean he's what, what like 24 25 maybe he's older now i don't remember he's 26. I, I, I i think what i end up doing is a lot of the times i end up re- and tell me i'm not the only one that does this you read the age of somebody at some point 
And then your brain just says, that's how old they are forever in my head. And you just never stop thinking that. Forgetting that like time passes. And then five years later, you're like, yeah, he's 32. And they're like, no, he's 40. You're like, what the? No, that's not allowed. He was 32 up here. Mm-hmm. So I do that all the time. So MJF is still very young, though, in his 20s. Yeah. Um, great promo. Really, really entertaining promo. The fact that they went from this weird, I they tried to pivot real life stuff into storyline stuff. And it worked. I say that with like a question mark at the end of it, because it kind of like they all. It feels like. The plane is crashing. The plane is going down, but nobody aboard the the plane is fully aware that the plane is crashing. They just think that we're taking a scenic route downward. Mm. And then they manage to catch and get the plane under control and then like swoop us back up into the clouds. And the, the group that the, the, the people flying on the plane, they're just like, oh, there was a nice little scenic route. Meanwhile, the pilots in the front were like, holy shit, we pulled that off. Oh, my God. I thought everybody here. This was going to be the biggest disaster. Everything was going to be horrible. Things are going to, lives are going to be lost, but we managed to pull it off. That's what I feel like happened with MJF. The fact that he tried to step away, the fact that he tried to be ballsy about getting his contract and everything. Um, and the fact that he also came back for that one promo, like after everybody thought that he was just like done, like he just walked away, like, it worked and i think it worked because of mjf's ability to navigate his promo and kind of blur that line a little bit but man that's he's got him like a brass monkey if he can freaking say that and be like that and still get away with it and still be booked top tier you know what i mean like mm-hmm. dear god like that's we talk about you talk about locker room toxicity. I have no idea how he's received by other wrestlers or anything. So I've if you dig, if you dig, dig, dig in interviews, right? Um technical there's a technical motion for digging, for digging. do this. If you dig. dig. MJF is not like he's a businessman he's not a huge dickwad like like he's friends the he's friends with cole cabana in in real life he um has some other people that he is friends with in real life but like he doesn't go places with them he doesn't like he he very much so is quiet about that i i feel like he keeps kayfabe is the thing he runs the risk of eventually Ric Flaring himself um, and just becoming that. Yeah. But I, it's a, it's a dangerous line, but I, for whatever reason, I get the feeling it might, he might be able to navigate that a bit better than Ric Flair would, because I feel like he actually potentially is smarter than Ric Flair was, but I don't know if that's true. Well, he also he he I think he very, very rarely drinks 
Um, he actually is very like health conscious. He doesn't at least yet do any sort of drugs. So I think because he won't have that influence. And one thing I will always love about MJF, even as a heel, like top heel, he asked for consent before motorboating that woman. He got consent. <laughs> like you can see him go like, can I? And she's like, man, okay. <laughs> yeah. So even dirtbags ask for consent, everyone. <laughs> Be like MJF. Be like MJF. I uh, oh. well, maybe may- maybe in certain aspects, other aspects, and <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the fact. When was the last time that something happened in wrestling that people were so concerned that they called nine one one? Because the promo yeah. he cut about um. I almost said Katie Vick about quote, let's call her Liv. Um, and the accident that happened um yeah. really made people which it would have been over 10 years old. Like odds are the statute of limitations would have run out on that anyway. Mm-hmm. And I guess like it's partly true there was a car accident. So like if the police were to look into it, they'll see, but it's it's very clearly a wrestling storyline. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, thinking of thinking of MJF with his the uh, I, I say he's a great promo. And I think the reason is um I, I, I remember seeing one promo that he did against uh against John Moxley a while back. And this was back back, back like um when Moxley was like oh, I can't remember I, I can't remember the storyline. I honestly can't remember. It's they sort of me- mesh together after a while. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I remember the line that MJF said, "My talent is greater than your tenure," and the way that he said it was so like vicious and visceral. And I'm just like, "Oh, I can't." It, this is like going into Miz territory, where Miz, if he when he goes off, and it's like it's his real feelings about something. Him and, and Daniel like, Bryan. Oh. Yeah, like. Wow, that that that's like one of my favorite things of all time. That that talk and smack segment where like the Miz like snapped off. Imagine being Renee. Oh my god, I feel so bad for her. <laughs> like you're like dear God, like because she's just trying to navigate this ship, and she's like, oh, they're just they're just punching holes all over the place here. Yeah, this is bad stuff. You just slowly but, like uh, roll away. Yes, <laughs> like this this is uh, but that's I don't know. Sometimes it uh, it it's like catching lightning in a bottle, and whereas sometimes real life things like uh, with with CM Punk and his crazy nonsense, and and you know it's not necessarily clicking with people, or you have MJF stuff, which it's his real life stuff, but it did click with people. It's like again, it's like getting that one lucky shot, and it worked. Whereas like CM Punk, I love CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I still do love CM Punk as as a wrestler. He's one of my he is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um when he came back, whew, uh that was woo. I um <laughs> I was very happy. I was very excited. Uh, but like what would I love him to come back? Sure. Would I love him to come back and wrestle and you know in uh maybe have like a farewell tour? Yeah. Do I want him back? Not necessarily, no. Yeah. You know, like it, it it's to me, it's not worth the sat the satisfaction of everybody else for Tony Khan's wet dream, so to speak. 
Um, I know that he looked a lot the other way for CM Punk's desires. And I, I don't know it, that rubs me the wrong way, but I feel like this is, as we had said earlier, one of the instances where I can separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. I like his ability as CM Punk, the wrestler, but CM Punk, the person, I kind of feel like that old adage of, uh, if you meet one asshole in a day, they they're probably an asshole, but if you meet assholes all day, then you're probably the asshole. Kind of feels like it's fitting the that 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 foot more and more. That shoe's fitting that foot, you know. Yeah, like he seems. I, CM Punk probably is fine outside of wrestling. He's probably a shitty coworker, like, yeah. um, because it by all accounts, like I read AJ Lee's book and. Like his friends and whatnot, who he seems like a great human being outside of work. And some people are yeah. like that because you kind of have to be an egomaniac uh, to get anywhere in wrestling. Like you have to like push yourself down someone's throat uh, oftentimes yeah. in order to to get anywhere, especially yep. like at the air in the era that he was thriving in WWE. So um, I'm sure like this is a new generation. AEW, Cody Rhodes kind of said it best recently in an interview where um, he likes CM Punk. He's obviously very close with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Um, The thing about AEW is you have to make sure that everyone's on board with the dream and the purpose, like the mission statement. And if someone's not, like isn't aware of the mission statement and isn't on board with it and they come in you they can really sink the ship and that's kind of what it was like punk wasn't aware of the mission statement or he wasn't on board with it and it yeah. just didn't jive yeah and uh you know i i mean i i wish him a speedy recovery because clearly mm-hmm. he's in a i'm sure that a big part of why he said what he said was also frustration pain you know, I mean, it, he just came back from an injury and then he got another one. And it's like, I, I get his body's breaking down. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, he's from part of that era where they start to break down in that the 40s, you know. But uh, um, I don't know. It's just I it it kind of it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because I'm just like he had such a good return. And. He was still performing at a level that people were really satisfied with and it was still fun and everything. And then like it, it just went and tainted it. And yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping that there's some sort of redemption arc that they can pull off or something. I hope that they can also realize the controversy can also get money for them if they play their cards right. But how that plays out. I don't know if I don't know if CM Punk's gonna be able to put his ego aside enough in the wrestling world to make it happen because I feel like he's maybe he'll play play it along for a while, but then he's gonna snap off and it's gonna it's gonna bite him in the ass again. And I I just don't I don't want that for him and I don't want that for his coworkers because it's like what the hell, dude? Like we're all trying to make money. People mm-hmm. love seeing you. Just don't fuck it up for everybody. What are you doing? Right. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, we have covered every subject ever in wrestling. Like, 
<laughs> I feel like we could still talk more though. Yes, you know? yes. What this experience has told me is one, I made the right choice in asking you to pop on the like, podcast. <laughs> and two, uh, that we should probably talk wrestling more often. So it's not like we're forcing <laughs> everyone to come along on our catch up. <laughs> well, it's been two years. So how many things do you want to go over today? How many hours do you want to talk? Just wrestling related. Like, that's the thing. Just this has all just been wrestling. I know. It's like all wrestling related and like a little bit of board gaming, you know. <laughs> Sprinkled. <laughs> but uh, regardless, is there anything else that we didn't touch on in the wrestling world that you want to talk to about, talk about today? I, I don't think so. Um, okay. Do, do you know the sign off for this show? I, d- I don't actually, I don't remember it anyway. It's been ah. a little bit since I got to the very, very, very end. <laughs> don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge me. Well, you know, we always say anyone who's gotten this far deserves to get a special send off. So um, especially with this episode now. So we always say um, for our Lord and Savior, John Cena, hustle, loyalty and respect. <laughs> Yabadoo. <laughs> So, so would you like to join in? <laughs> sure, I will one hundred percent join in on the, with the worship of John Cena, our Lord and Savior. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So you ready? Yep. All right. So, hustle. Hustle. Loyalty. loyalty and respect. respect and yabadoo. yabadoo. <laughs>